Brian Noonan is playing on the radio, baby. The world can be a scary place sometimes. You're zipping along in the left-hand lane, and all of a sudden, ha, ah, a couch. But don't worry. We know someone who can help you survive your week. Noonan steps in. He'll help you deal with problems of the modern world. Yes, because oftentimes naked men will show up in your house, shower, and then make eggs. He has all the answers. He is one for four. And when all else fails, I can do 1,500 jumping jacks. So sit back, relax, and allow Brian Noonan to drop some knowledge. Good job, Noons. Right here on WGN. Oh, ho, ho. this is great. Holy sh- Brian's back. Brian Noonan on 720 WGN. Very exciting to follow a White Sox big victory, 10-5, over Philadelphia. Now they head out to Detroit. Oh, Detroit comes in. Who wants to play Detroit? That's what I think of Detroit. But uh, listen, we're very happy that the uh, the Sox are big winners today. Exciting. Got to uh, listen to the game here on WGN Radio. Then the fine post game with Mark Carmen. Oh, always a pleasure when Mark Carmen does the uh, the post games here. So a big win for the Sox, capping off what. Here's the thing: it's been a beautiful weekend in Chicago. Baseball has been great. Lollapalooza, for the first time in recent memory, has not been uh, rained out. There hasn't been a a severe weather evacuation of the festival. It seems every year during Lollapalooza, Mother Nature, obviously not a music fan, has decided that she is going to wreak havoc. But this year she took took some time off. So Lollapalooza going on, and uh, oh, Ariana Grande headlining tonight at the big festival. What what more can be said about little Ariana Grande? She's about a foot and a half tall. She gets carried everywhere she goes because she doesn't like to walk. So that's that. Uh, so we will cap off what has been a wonderful weekend in Chicago with the big show. You are always invited to participate. It's more fun when you do. 312-981-7200. That's the phone number. When you call in today, you will not be talking to Cody because this is his annual pilgrimage to Indianapolis to be at NerdFest. But we are very happy to have Curtis Koch here. He, uh, You may know Curtis from uh, the Radio Mystery Theater. No, what the radio, old-timey radio show? Old-timey radio. Old-timey radio. Sure, yeah. we do that. You could do Dave Plyer's show. Yep. You do White Sox Weekly. Yep. You do everything else that they ask you to and do. And the games, yeah. White and Sox and Blackhawks, yep. I'm all over Unbelievable. the place here. So Curtis is everywhere, and yet he has never worked with me, which has been uh, his, he has been so, that's been the jewel in his crown that he has never had to work this program, and yet today he is here. So welcome. We're glad you're here. Glad to be here. Same rules apply. If you're nice to him, you get to me. That's how it works. Uh, th- uh, if you want to follow us on uh, Facebook and Twitter, it's Brian Noonan Show. You can get a hold of us there. So uh, phone, text, whatever you need to do to get a hold of us. We will talk... A little bit more about this wonderful weekend and about uh, about Lala. After 4 o'clock, of course, um, it has been a, a horrible weekend in this country, and we will uh, touch on what's been going on in uh, it's been a horrible week. Gilroy, California, El Paso, Texas, Dayton, Ohio, right here in Chicago as well. This has not been a good week um, for us when it comes to mass killings and gun violence. And despite the fact that we don't... Uh, you know, we try to have a little bit of fun on Sunday afternoon because, quite frankly, the weekend is wrapping up and we're looking ahead to uh, another work week. We can't just gloss over this. So we'll talk about that. And I want to, uh, I'm going to tell you now, I want to welcome your calls just to share whatever you're thinking about what's been going on in the last, specifically in the last day, 
not only here in in the city, but in Dayton and in El Paso, in the last week, just the overall state, what, what you're feeling. And we're going to keep it from uh, devolving into a, a partisan political debate. Because, listen, there's... This is a time for politics, obviously, but yelling and blaming the other side is not really going to uh, going to do anything. So we'll we'll break that all down and we'll talk about that for a little bit. Then we're going to find after five o'clock. I'm looking forward to this because I spent a lot of time on the road and I try. I spent a lot of time by myself and I there's a lot of things that I really enjoy doing by myself. One of the things I haven't done and I've been a little bit nervous about. Well, mostly because my wife will not allow it is traveling by myself, especially taking big vacations. Maybe you're one of these people who, that's how you travel. It's fantastic. Well, Randy Schaefer is a writer for the Tribune. She had a nice piece about the joys of flying solo, the joys of traveling by yourself. So we'll talk to her about that after 5 o'clock. And after 6 o'clock, we are going to talk to the executive director of the Trotter Project because uh, we've talked to them before. We'll remind you what the Trotter Project is. And they have a very big event coming up in association with Old Irving Brewing and uh, the Irish American Heritage Center. So we will talk to them after 6 and find out what that is all about. And, uh, oh, and I forgot. I also have to uh, review. We have another Bowtie Theater review. At 5.30. That's for the new show, Come From Away. So a lot to get to. Oh, man. Uh, now, Curtis, I know you have been here pretty much 24-7, so you have not had a chance to go to Lollapalooza? Uh, I'm not a big festival okay. guy That's to begin it. with. You know what? I'm not either. And every year on this weekend, I get these pangs like I'm missing out. I'm getting FOMO because I see people posting their pictures from Lollapalooza. I'm hearing, oh, Lala's here, and it's so great. And then I see, you know, most of the people going to Lollapalooza, as, I, as I'm as i driving into the city and I see them walking there in their multicolored headbands and their hippie yeah. garb and everything else, they seem to be very young. So I'm like, okay, I, one, I know I'm not too old to go to Lollapalooza, but I don't like crowds for the most part. I don't either. I get claustrophobic. Yeah, it, uh, so that... that it makes me a little hinky about going. And then the other thing, while I enjoy being exposed to new music, like say you and I were sitting somewhere and you say, hey, uh, listen to this, or we're in the car, and you go, oh, I want to pop this in for you. I think you'll like this music. I'm not opposed to listening to new music, but when I look at a festival lineup and I don't know anybody, <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, like I know who Lil Wayne is, and I know who Christina, or um, uh, what's her name? Who's the little one? Ariana Grande. I, yeah. know, I know who she is. I know she likes to lick brownies at a, or donuts at a <laughs> restaurant. I know she's tiny. Uh, I don't think the ponytail's real, by the way. And I know she, uh, you know, the sadness with uh, the guy from uh, with Pete Davidson. That mm-hmm. all, all that broke up. So that's what I know about Ariana Grande. You could play me six songs and go, what of these is Ariana Grande? And I would go, uh-huh. Couldn't pick it out of a lineup. But, so I don't go even though I think maybe I want to, but I don't. So I'm, I'm watching the news last night, and I guess one of the things, this is a yearly event at Lollapalooza, are people trying to jump the fence. They're trying to get in for free. They're you know, big swarms of people. They bum-rush the fence, and they try to jump over in groups, and then they scatter. And, of course, this year, with the added security, because of events that have been happening in the last year or so, and especially in the last week, uh, security was beefed up, they said, at Lollapalooza. And yet, People were still able to hop the fence. And last night, this is the audacity of youth. They were, uh, some of the local TV stations were interviewing people, and one young lady actually had the audacity to say, Well, you know, Lollapalooza ought to just expect that. You know, people are going to. And I was like, Wait a minute, hold on. No, 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 no. Lollapalooza shouldn't expect people to 
to try to uh, cheat them out of money. I mean, I, yes, it's going to happen, but you can't blame Lollapalooza for these people jumping the fence. This is a choice that people have made that they didn't want to pay the money, and they were going to try to game the system. So my wife and I were talking about this. Like, well, what do they do to these people? Obviously, the police are there. They arrest them. Maybe they drag them. I think what you ought to do, here's my proposal, and it may, listen, if it seems extreme, welcome to America 2020. This is uh, 2019. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to. It's going to be like a version of the Hunger Games. Ooh! So if you if you jump the fence, and they catch you, they bring you to the main stage, and they hang you by your feet, and they <laughs> wet you down, and then a big Orwellian voice says, "This is what we do to fence jumpers," and then they just start tasing you, and the, and people, everybody sees you, and they lie. You know, they they might have a whole string of people hanging by their feet across the stage. Now, I'm not saying they kill them. Obviously, that would be extreme. But a few a few zaps, and then you send them on their way, all like jittery and whatnot, maybe that sets an example that we don't, Lollapalooza, we don't play. Yes, it's very authoritarian. Yes, it's Orwellian in its uh, oppression of the masses. But 99.5% of the masses paid to get in there. And I think if I had paid whatever it is for a four-day pass for Lollapalooza, I know it's not cheap. I wouldn't mind seeing somebody who tried to hop the fence get tased. That's just me. I'm. I'm not gonna. I don't think I should have to foot the bill because you uh, don't. Want, can't you just stand outside the fence and listen? Uh, right. I mean the the music. Or if it's, you're in an apartment building, you can maybe look over and sure. see people on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to actually hop the fence. But I guess some people get that weird adrenaline thrill. I did like too. There was I get. A lot of times, Curtis, you don't know this because you're not here. Uh, I give dirty hippies a hard time. I think the uh, scent of uh, vaping and patchouli oil that is hanging over Grant Park now is a bit oppressive. And uh, a lot of times I will make fun of the dirty hippies. But there was one dirty hippie who made sense, and he agreed with me. He thought that the people who were jumping in should be punished. Now, he didn't get into all the detail that I did. But I think if he and I sat down together uh, and, you know, he was doing the bong rips or whatever it is the kids do these (laughs) days, and I was sitting there having a cool beverage, we would reach some sort of common understanding. And I felt uh, for myself that I had bridged a gap, even though this this dirty hippie kid had no idea who I was. um, Somehow we had reached an accord that the cultures and the generations were merging together and that people had finally understood that, uh, you know, it's not old fashioned to obey the law. It's it's okay to want people who are breaking the law to be punished. Uniting to stop the fence jumpers. These fence jumpers are a scourge. Well, and if just, we allow them the to jump video? the fences, uh, I, yes, Where I've seen the, a bunch of the, videos. The kid, well, the one kid actually didn't have. He was he was uh, he had a prosthetic. Yes, and he was I, running, and they actually got in. They actually were able to. He actually did get in, but they, the, they caught him. They caught him, but he didn't make it past the fencing part. Right, there was an I, officer that stopped. And him. I saw one guy who was a, a little uh, stocky fellow, yeah, who didn't have the jump. He didn't have the spring in his <laughs> step that he thought, and he was like a cat that get caught got caught on the drapes because he leapt up to the fence and he got about halfway up, and then he was just hanging there. <laughs> and in his mind, you could just hear him going, "Oh, this didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out at all," because there's no you're you're done then. You're hanging on the fence. The the police are going, what were you trying to do? Nothing. I was just uh, stretching out. I got a lower back issue, and it's good for me to just hang. Auditioning for Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man Far From Grant Park, the fifth installment of the Spider-Man universe. All right, so 
That's uh, that's Lala. If you were at Lala at some point, I'd love to talk to you and see what I missed. But I don't know. I don't know how much I actually missed, other than a lot of sweat and a lot of vaping. Okay. On the other side, we will talk about the horrible incidents that have been happening over the last twenty-four hours. I want to get your thoughts on it. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Chicago stories told twenty-four-seven on seven twenty WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users, just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. The news is sponsored by Green Tea Services. It is four o'clock in the afternoon here's pam jones thanks pam brian noonan 720 wgn here until seven o'clock and then karen conti will be here uh, a couple people texting we were talking about these fence jumpers at Lollapalooza right before the news some suggestions off the text line that they be banned from not only Lollapalooza but from chicago concerts forever that's harsh, but I like it. I like harsh. And uh, somebody's suggesting maybe they're getting ready for the Area 51 bum rush. Have you heard about that, Curtis? Oh, oh man. Oh, yeah. Sure, we got to... Uh, that's that's going to go well. This is uh, What I think is hilarious about that is the guy started this just as a joke, and then all of a sudden all these uh, alien conspiracy people are like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's not, not going to work out, friends, if you try to storm Area 51. Uh, if it's even there, who knows? This might all be... It all may be just, uh, you know... Propaganda, hallucination. All right, uh, can you tell I'm I'm stalling a little bit? Only because normally, you know, on this we tackle all kinds of things on this show. We talk about anything that's going on, anything that pops into my uh, little head, because uh, that's what we do. And I like to talk to you about it. I like to find out what you're thinking about certain things. And today is no exception. I want to hear what you're thinking today at three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Of course. I am talking about the horrific shootings and mass killings that have happened over the last 24 hours, over the last week. Uh, the numbers since the Gilroy mass killing, uh, 32 people have been murdered, 73 injured. That includes seven people shot last night in Douglas Park here in Chicago. Again, 32 people killed in the last week, uh, 73 people injured. There were more shootings in Chicago. There's shootings all across this country in major metropolitan areas, in small towns. But for 24 hours to have first the shooting in El Paso, where 20 people were killed and 26 were injured, and in Dayton uh, early this morning where nine people were killed and 27 people were injured, uh, for us not to uh, talk about that would be, one, I couldn't do it. I mean, it's been all over the news. It's something that uh, I know last night some of my family was over and we were talking about it. And my wife and I have been talking about it. And it's the first thing that a lot of people are talking about. And some people said to me today, hey, can you know, don't don't talk about it. Just keep things light and uh, have a good time. And uh, we listen. We listen to have fun. And listen, we're going to have some fun. I think we've already had fun. Where else are you going to get uh, Hunger Games uh, draconian punishments for fence jumpers? But. This is a serious thing, and um, it's something that I don't I don't like to talk about guns on the air. It's one of those things when I started. They said, listen, if there are two things that are always going to get people enraged, talk about guns or abortion, and the phone lines are going to light up, but it's going to be people who are just want to scream and yell. And you know this as well as I do. In the current climate, you can't really have a civil, rational conversation about guns. Because, unfortunately, over the last 24 hours, I think a lot of people fell into two camps. When they heard about the shootings in El Paso and in Dayton, one group of people said, that's it, we got to get rid of all guns. 
And the other group said, oh, no, here come the liberal bleeding heart snowflakes. They want to take all our guns. So once you've gone into the foxhole of your side, you don't want to poke your head up. You don't want to listen to what other people have to say. And while there are a number of people who, and a lot of people, are willing to have a conversation, but unfortunately the loudest voices drown those out. And those voices tend to be the ones that fall in one of those camps. And so, you know, how many of you were on social media today and you saw somebody post something about about the shooting, one side or another? And then it devolved into these hateful posts. And I, I got sucked down the wormhole of one thread from a friend of mine. And when I finished reading all these posts, I was like, this was, one, a phenomenal waste of time. Two... It does me no good uh, helping to go through my feelings and filter it out and give more rational thought to what's going on. And three, not one of those people who posted changed anybody's mind. So it's easy to just let's throw up our hands and forget it. Well, we can't just forget it because it keeps happening. And the re- the other reason we can't throw up our hands, because it does keep happening. And how many of you were really shocked by it? I think the only reason Dayton shocked us as much is because it came in such close proximity to El Paso. When the El Paso shooting happened yesterday, or Friday, I was shocked, one, because I've been at that mall. I've been in that Walmart many times. When I used to work on the road, I spent a lot of time in El Paso. And I knew exactly where that was. And when you hear them say, you can see Mexico from the parking lot, that's not hyperbole. That's not, I can see Russia from my house. That's literally, you stand outside that mall, outside that Walmart, and it's about a half a block from the interstate, Interstate 10, and on the other side of the interstate is Mexico. So El Paso truly is a multinational city. So, one, I was, I was affected because 20 people had been killed. Just going shopping, you know, going for back-to-school supplies. And then more comes out about the shooter and the fact that I had been there. So I, so El Paso, I was like, oh, man, that, you know, like we all did. Oh, man, this, this is awful. But then the second part of my thought was, well, it's just another one. And that's what's happening. All we keep saying is, well, that's another one. That's another one. So, I think we have to look at this in a number of different ways. Because, hey, America, this is the 21st mass killing in, 20, in 2019. We're only in August. The 21st. Think about that for a minute. Think about all the people who have been killed in the first eight months of this year. It's amazing. Now, a lot of people are going to fall back on this being a gun issue. It's all about banning guns. It's all about restricting guns. It's all about the guns. And while guns definitely play a part in this, guns aren't the only thing. But we have to look at guns. We also have to look at the different social issues. The rise of racially motivated hate crimes. The deep division in this country. We have to look at legislation. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We have to to look at something else that, that is... I've been reading about this, about the isolation of individuals in this country and some numbers that are really really shocking about how isolated some of us feel and why that isolation then it can lead to anger and can lead to 
falling in with people who will bolster your beliefs because they're going to give you a message that finally you can belong in some way. So, you know, if you want to jump in, I'd love to have you. 312-981-7200. The other thing I want to touch on um, is the false focus that I heard a lot today as I was watching all the news programs about this being a mental health issue. And I think while, while it in part is, to lump it in and use that as an excuse why it can't be solved because, well, we don't have money to solve all the mental health issues, that's not the focus. That shouldn't be the focus because really, let's be honest, there's a lot of things that can be deemed a mental health issue. Any sort of crime you could say is a mental health issue. If I'm a shoplifter, well, there's something in my brain that tells me that's okay. And I'm not equating shoplifting with mass killings, obviously. I'm saying that we need to, while we need to focus on mental health in this country, we can't dismiss the mass killings as just a mental health issue. We have to, we have to look at that as part of it, because this is a multi-pronged thing. All right, so let's take a quick break. Then we'll, uh, we'll start breaking it down. Guns, legislation, the, uh, the social implications, all of that. And I want to know basically what you are feeling today. 312-981-7200. When are we going to reach a point in this country where enough is enough? I, because I'm tired, of the, I'm tired of the cycle. I'm tired of the violence, then the thoughts and prayers, then everybody calling for this or that, and then it being gone until the next one. Well, this time, it, this day, this last 24 hours, didn't give us a lot of time to wait for the next one. El Paso. Dayton, last week Gilroy, last night in Chicago in Douglas Park. It just keeps happening. How's it making you feel? 312-981-7200. I'll talk to you more after this. WGN. All right. Once again, the numbers for the last week, horrific. 32 people killed, mass killings uh, in El Paso, Dayton, and the last week in Gilroy. 73 people injured. Those numbers include last night, seven people shot in Douglas Park right here in Chicago. How is this making you feel? Uh, obviously, these these things bother me. But another thing that really bothers me is that we shrug and go on because this cycle continues. Uh, 312-981-7200. I would, like to, uh, I would like to hear how you're feeling, how you're dealing with this, where you think we should go as a country. Because... Uh, again, it's easy to fall into your camp. We gotta, we gotta ban all guns. No, we gotta keep. The, we gotta make sure that nobody can take our guns. Well, listen. As when it comes to guns, first off, I'm not anti-gun. What I am is for common sense gun laws, which most Americans, in the latest polls, are for. Over ninety percent of Americans are for universal background checks. Over sixty percent of Americans are for banning assault weapons. I fall into both of those camps. I don't think I don't think that it's irresponsible or a threat to say listen, some weapons are made just for death. They are made for battle. We don't really need those. Now that's going to that's going to get people who really are afraid that their guns are going to be taken away, that's going to get them all worked up. Well, Okay, that's that's the way it goes. But you look at a place like Texas, where this El Paso shooting happened. 
a state with some of the most liberal gun laws around. They have open carry. They have concealed carry. They have campus carry. They have, you know, you can, you can get guns all over in Texas. So if you're going to go on a shooting spree in Texas, you've got to know that there's a good chance that a lot of those people are carrying guns. Now, that that would then take away the argument argument that more guns are going to help this problem. I don't think more guns are going to help. I also don't think it's reasonable, possible, or smart to try to say we're going to ban all guns. So we got to take we got to take that issue off the table. We have to talk to our legislators and say, listen, uh, I know you're, there's a lot of money from the NRA. I know a lot of stuff is uh, going on in the back rooms. And yes, the president and the administration has banned bump stocks. So that's that's one step in the right direction. But we got we to gotta hold our representatives accountable for this. There's no reason if ninety more than 90% of Americans want something that it doesn't happen. There's no reason that if a majority of Americans want to ban assault weapons, that they should not be seriously looking into this. 312-981-7200. We're, we're going to talk about more than guns, but that's, that's the first part of the equation. Then we're going to get into some social ramifications, too, but I want to hear from you how you're feeling today. Uh, Mike's in Chicago. Hi, Mike. Yeah, hi, Brian. Uh, it's an interesting topic, and you're right. The uh, the um, people do dive into their camps, and they get very entrenched. And the, the, the it seems very simple to me that you could have um, mental health laws that if you're uh, – if you've assaulted a police officer, if you've assaulted your wife, if you've done violent crimes, you shouldn't be able to have a gun of any kind. And I've often heard people say that, well, guns aren't the issue because if a violent person wants to do violence, they'll find a way to do violence. And I find it really interesting that uh, the very same day as Sandy Hook happened in America, uh, there was an attack in Japan and the custodian of a school attacked the, the, the kindergarten there mm-hmm. with a butcher knife, and he cut over 30 children in, a, in, a, in an attack. But the interesting thing was none of those children died. So if you wanted right. to say that violent people will find a way, they will. But if that person in Japan had an assault weapon like the guy in America, all those children would have died. Well, and so I also think, I think, yeah. Mike, too, it's a lazy argument to say that, uh, for people to say, well, criminals will always, uh, will always find a way. And sure, but then are we it supposed is. to have no yeah. laws? I mean, because the average criminal is going to make a gun in his garage, right? Right, but there's a law, <laughs> there's a law against speeding, Mike, that I break every day. I broke it coming into work today. So should we not have any speed limits? Because, uh, listen, people are going to speed anyway. Right. Should I not, should, right. we, should we not have a, a drinking age? Because, how many of us had a beer before we were 21? So, listen, kids are going to drink. Let's let's get re- that's just a lazy argument. We know that criminals are going to find a way to be criminal, but if we use that as an excuse to not try to not try to set up regulations and laws and parameters, then it's chaos. Right. Oh, I agree. And then, and then don't forget the gun business is an enormous business. Mhm. And they support, and they keep congressmen in their seats, and they can have a congressman uh, unelected. And the power and the money is just—I think that's the the actual root of all this. 
and until that's addressed, uh, it, nothing really meaningful will happen because there, the the lobbying, the political power, the uh, self-interest of politicians to uh, stay in office. Um, you know, yeah, the stocks, money, you know, the one, money, one, money talks. Yeah, unfortunately, one, yeah. yeah, Mike, yeah, I appreciate the call. So, Thanks for weighing in. Uh, all right, let's get, uh, we got uh, time for a couple more before we get to the break, and then we'll continue after the news. If you're hanging around, Glenn is in Jefferson Park. Hi, Glenn. It's Gwen. It's okay, Brian. Oh, hi, Gwen. Uh, hey, um, thanks for taking my call. Here's a total different angle, and you might uh, think of this as a violation of freedom of speech, but uh, the, it's like these three quarters of these uh, shootings, there's like they said that there's been something posted on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think the FBI needs to put in a uh, thing where they can monitor uh, people's Facebooks and everybody has to register like their license so they can catch like different red flags of words or something. That's just, I've been thinking about that a long time because a lot of people with these uh, notions before they go off on a rampage uh, are posting things um, and wherever. Well, know? yeah, and uh, I, I have a feeling, Gwen, that a lot, of, a lot of that's already being monitored. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm sure there are I'm sure there are red flags because if somebody posts, say, threats against the president or threats against uh, a public figure, those those are flagged pretty quickly. Uh, now, today, I saw the FBI on all the news shows was urging people, if you see something on somebody's social media, to to report that. So I think uh, now we're going to turn uh, into a nation of Gladys Kravitz's where we're, you know, if I see something on Curtis's Facebook page, which, by the way, I have, and I've already reported it, uh, then we're, we're supposed to take that into our own hands. But I have a feeling, Gwen, that uh, there's some monitoring going on anyway. We just... Uh, we just don't know about it. I appreciate the call. All right, let's take a quick break. On the other side of the news, if you're on hold, hang on. We'll talk about this a little more because there's there's some other things that we need to talk about, not just the gun uh, angle of this or the gun aspect, but there's a lot of other stuff. So we'll get to all of that on the other side of the news at 720 WGN. Thanks, Pam. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. After 5 o'clock... The Joys of Traveling Alone. Randy Schaefer writes for the Tribune. She has had a a big piece in the paper the other day. Have you traveled alone? Do you want to travel alone? We'll talk to Randy all about that. But right now we are talking about the tragic mass killings over the last 24 hours in El Paso and Dayton. The shooting last night in Douglas Park right here in Chicago. Last week, Gilroy. Again, uh, the numbers are staggering. In the past week alone, 32 people killed. 73 people shot, injured. Uh, Those include the number from Douglas Park last night. And I'm sure the number of people shot, uh, the number of people injured, that number is very low because we don't have statistics from all over the country. All right, we've been talking about guns, but I want to know how you feel, what you think we can do. 312-981-7200. We have to look at the the other part of this equation because the guns, if I just laid a gun on the table, it's not doing anything. It has to be used by someone. And that's where the social ramifications of this come in. And now to be to lump it all into this is a mental health issue, that distracts from the specifics of what makes someone pick up a gun, plot one of these things out, and then go out and commit a mass killing. Because, let's be honest, 
There are millions of people who are suffering from some sort of mental illness, and they never do anything violent. They suffer by themselves. They there, There's all sorts of things. So we need mental health care in this country. We need more focus on that. But that's not going to end these mass killings. It's just not. We have to look at over the last couple of years. The rise, according to uh, the Department of Homeland Security, according to the FBI, hate-based crimes have risen steadily over the last three years. The divisiveness in this country, the use of hate speech has come back to the forefront. Now, I'm not saying this is all the president's fault, but the president needs to take a little bit of responsibility for fanning the flames, because for a long time, people who had nationalistic, anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant, any of those really deep-seated hatreds, they were kind of pushed to the shadows. They were still here. We weren't a perfect society. But they were they were scorned a little bit. Now, based on some things the president has said, and I'm not blaming the president for all of this, but he needs to take a little bit of responsibility. Now, this afternoon, the president has uh, tweeted out that hate has no place in this country. He is correct. He needs then to follow this up with more more policies, more public statements, not just a, a short tweet. He needs to go out and, and really, if he believes this, really back this up. Because his words have power. And his words empower people who shouldn't be empowered. If we're, if we're to believe what's coming out about the shooter in El Paso, there was a lot of anti-immigrant, racist rantings in his uh, diatribe before he went and committed this act. Part of this is, and this is a shocking statistic, there was a new study done on millennials, and it shows how isolated and how lonely we are as a society. Now, these numbers are for millennials, but the numbers for Gen X and Gen Y are, while a little bit better, not, not great. 30% of millennials in this study said they always feel lonely. 25% say they have no acquaintances. 22% said they had no friends. 27% said they had no close friends. And 30% said they had no best friends. If those numbers are to be believed, and then you extrapolate them into different generations, and like I said, the percentages are similar, Uh, A little bit lower for Generation X and Generation Y than the Millennials. But it shows how isolated a society is. And if you're isolated and you're feeling powerless and you're feeling angry and you're full of hate and you go on the Internet, you know you can find places on the Internet where someone is going to share your views. And those people are going to tell you, hey, guess what? You're not alone. You You can be somebody. You need to help us take back this country or whatever their message is, and suddenly you have friends, all in quotes. You have people who understand you, and you're going to act on these thoughts and on these words so that you can belong, so that you can feel that you're part of something. And again, is that all the president's fault? No. But this country is horribly divided. And because of those divides, things like this can happen. They're saying the shooter in Dayton, there no evidence that he is, uh, that this was racially motivated or hate motivated. Okay, 
So this is we can't make a blanket statement on any of this. But this is all part of the equation, all part of the stuff that needs to be addressed. 312-981-7200. I want to talk to you about how you've been feeling about the last day. Larry's been holding on. He's in Countryside. Hi, Larry. Hello there. And you made a great point at the, at the very end. And uh, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I, I don't want to ramble on, so you're right. Um, so the majority versus our constitutional rights, they are there to protect us. So you're, you're right. Putting the gun on the table is not going to do any good. Um, William Penn, who founded Pennsylvania, he said that right is right even if everyone's against it, wrong's wrong even if everyone's for it. Mental health is a problem. If the drones start killing everybody, are we going to start banning those? And it really does start with the parents. They, we need to get back. My main point is we just need to get back with God. We just need to teach our kids, like you said at the very end, but that you're, you're loved, you're wanted, you have friends. I think that's what's really missing in this country. I know I look at, uh, I watch movies like from the 30s and the 40s, and everybody was a tough guy. That, that's what, how it was portrayed. I don't know how society was back then because I was alive back then. But right. we need to just teach everybody that God loves you. And you have to value a life, not that uh, a person walking down the street is just a target for you to shoot. That's the sad part is no, we're just leaving God out of our lives. And I agree with you, Larry. And there's people that, you know, there's people who may not believe in God, but you can still teach decency. It doesn't have to. It, it, can, be, it can be religious based if that's if that's your belief. But it's a it's a respect for life it's a respect for each other and yeah. and it goes to these numbers about how isolated we are how many of us don't really talk to our neighbors we see them we might say hello that's okay uh and and you you know maybe you have a couple neighbors that you watch out for if you know they're going to be gone things like that but we're on our phones we're on our technology we're locked in our houses we don't we we don't think outside our bubble and if we don't think outside right. our bubble, that's where the that's where the problems really come in. Larry, I appreciate you hanging on. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Peggy. She's on the north side. Hi, Peggy. Hi, Brian. Um, I agree with the guy that came before. I know what it is. I know it's God, and I know something else that you don't know, hmm. which is that that's it, that judgment was coming. That we are in the time of birth pangs when governments die. And what we're seeing is a total breakdown. What you're going to see in the future, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. But, you know, if you're a parent, you know, you can you can say you, you work your ass off for your, for your family. Right. I mean, if you're lucky, you have a job you like. But you're not, you're not doing this to amass a personal fortune. Somebody told me once, he said, you know, if I weren't a father, I would have been a millionaire. I mean, taking care of your kids is expensive. Right. You do it because you love them. And the thing is, if things are tough and if things are going to break down, you're going to make sure your family's okay. And that's what Christians are doing. They're going back to make sure their kids are okay. Because yeah, but- if everything goes down the drain, and it will, you're going to see it. This is just the beginning. It's it's what you call the beginning of birth pangs, right? But Peggy, I gotta and thank you for the call. I gotta, I gotta take a little issue. There's a lot of Christians who are also for you know for all this anti-immigrant and anti uh, anti-gay, anti anti everything in under the envelope of Christianity. Now there are a lot of fine Christians, but we can't just say, listen, we have to get back to fine Christian values because there's a lot of people who are really decent human beings who are not Christian. So you know. Uh, 
I'm all for spirituality. I'm all for religion, if that's your thing. But we can't say the only way, the only way we are going to survive is if we believe this one way. Ah, man, oh, man. Uh, Let's see. Uh, 847, our people in roles of leadership need to be reminded or maybe learn for the first time that words have consequences. And uh, while the mass majority may not react like this, it does trip a trigger, obviously, for the law. Uh, from the 217, there are unfortunately no hate speech laws in the U.S. Without trampling the First Amendment, this need to, needs to change. That's from Tim in Urbana. Uh, somebody, uh, you're right on these points from the 847, but an assault weapon is capable of killing, wounding 10 times more victims. That's what I said. I am, I am, in the major- I am with the majority of Americans. Over 60% of Americans support a ban on assault weapons. That doesn't mean they're going to come and take your rifle or your handgun or your shotgun or, uh, you know, whatever else you use for personal protection or hunting or sport, nobody's, nobody's going to take those. And I don't, I don't want them to take those. But I, I agree, like the majority of Americans, that certain weapons do not need to be on the street. Certain weapons were built and designed for one thing, to kill a lot of people fast. You're not go- a herd of deer is not going to come into your house. A battalion of soldiers is not going to come into your house. We, that's where we need that's where we need some common sense and i think common sense is what's missing we'll get to the rest of your calls some more text we'll start wrapping this up on the other side it's 720 wgn all right we've been talking about the horrible events in el paso we've been talking about the horrible event in dayton Gilroy, uh, what can be done? Somebody very upset that I that I deemed, oh, that I even had the audacity to say that the president needed to take a little bit of responsibility for the fact that his words could trigger actions. Well, and they threatened to call management. The number 312-981-7200, uh, you can call them in the morning and say that, uh, oh my God, Brian Noonan voiced an opinion on the radio. And they'll go, yeah, duh, that's why we pay him. Uh, all right, we've been talking about this. State Rep. Kathleen Wills in the uh, 77th District, which is O'Hare, Maywood, that area. She was uh, on, I guess, in the car listening, and uh, she wanted to jump in. Uh, State Rep. Williams, welcome. Thank you. It's actually oh, sorry, Willis. Wills. Wills, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay, Brian. Um, you know, I, I just am leaving, actually, a gun safety forum that was taking place in Naperville. And this is just another thing, another place that... We see these warnings and we're not doing anything because we're so afraid of impinging on the Second Amendment rights. And I think we need to realize that public safety has to surpass the right to own any type of firearm that you want. I have a right to be safe when I go to Walmart. I have a right to be safe if I go out to the neighborhood watering hole. Those are all things that those rights need to come over beyond that Second Amendment right. There's a way that we can cohabitate together and have your, you know, your, your small arms to have, give you safety in your homes and your hunting weapons, mm-hmm. but we don't need to have assault weapons out there no, because that's the, levels of mass destruction. destruction. Right. Let me ask you this then, Representative. Uh, there's been numerous studies out, and the latest survey said that over 60% of Americans favor what you just said, banning assault weapons. What is it, other than, other than us cynically saying it's all the money, 
Is there any other reason that Congress is not acting? If if more than half of Americans say, listen, we're just like you said, we don't we don't have a problem with people having uh, sporting guns or handguns or uh, you know being able to protect themselves, but there's no room for assault weapons on our streets. What's what's holding us back? The gun lobby is organized. They are organized. They are loud. They have, they're all full of conspiracy theorists that say if you go and you put a limit on one, you're limiting all. And that's just basically not true. But they are loud, organized, and they have big bucks. And that's the bottom line. I have been fighting this fight in the state of Illinois for seven years now. I'm lucky that at least in the state of Illinois, we've been able to pass a few common sense, um, bipartisan gun uh, pieces of legislation. We did a gun dealer licensing bill that, of course, the NRA is taking us to court on right now. But we also passed a really great red flag bill, which we called the Firearm Restraining Order Bill, that gave power to families that saw these concerns that their child or their family members should not have access to a gun right now because they're going through a crisis stage and they might harm themselves or others. Now, let's We're trying to fight through that nationally. I was just, like I said, uh, Congresswoman Underwood said that she's one of the sponsors of this same type of legislation nationally and can't get it called. So explain this red flag law. All right, so say I have a family member and they're, they're something something is going on in their life. What kind of investigation? Because people hear that and they go, wait a minute, all I have to do is call and suddenly, you know, uh, they'll come and take my brother's guns. Uh, what kind, no, got, what kind to, of investigation goes into that? You have to go and you have to fill out a form and fill out an affidavit and present it before a court to show that you're brother-in-law or whoever is a clear and present danger to himself and others um and it's a temporary order and the person has due process in there uh, um all these things that can protect them but it's a proactive thing in the past only the police officers were able to do it as a result of a conviction or an arrest on something this allows us to say you know he's he's talking about committing suicide, he's talking about blowing up a school or whatever. These are all things that are red flags. He hasn't done anything, but we need to take that step to keep those guns away from them and suspend their FOID card because we can't allow them to go out and get a gun tomorrow after we take the guns away today. Talking to State Rep. Kathleen Willis from the 77th District. Let's go back to the the gun lobby and being so organized. Uh, it's been I've been reading a lot that if you go single issue voting, you know uh, the people who are people who are very pro gun, they will vote single issue. But people who today are very upset and are thinking, listen, we need more common sense gun laws, we need this or that. It's harder to get those people to go out and vote on a single issue. How do you how do you propose changing that mindset so that people who listen, we've got a, everybody no matter what side of this argument you're on, has a lot of things on their mind and a lot of things they're concerned about. But if if guns are on the ballot, pro-gun people are really going to come out and vote, and it won't draw out people who may have a differing opinion. Well, we need to educate the public, and we need to take the, the crisis on gun violence, taking it away from, and it's so easy to just say, the person that did the shooting has a mental health issue, right. and putting a stigma on mental health. Well, obviously, there's some mental health issues in there because a normal person wouldn't be doing this. But we can't put a stigma on anybody that has mental health. The reality is, 
out of the general population that have mental health issues, only 2% are actually violent. But we automatically say those mass shooters are that way. So we need to get that conversation changed. But we also need to get the conversation changed to say gun violence is a public health issue. It is a public health crisis that affects everybody. So it's not just the people in the Austin neighborhoods. It's not people that are just, you know, well, I don't have anybody that's a gangbanger in my family, so I'm all safe. Well, many of us go shopping to Walmart. Many of us go out for a drink with our family and friends. It affects everybody, and we need to have everybody take a look at it. And at this point, let it be a single-issue vote. We need to get people that are saying, oh, well, there's bigger pictures. This is a picture that's hitting everybody. Democrats, Republicans, black, white, Hispanic, Muslims, everybody's getting hit by this. And we have to stop it now. I do like the fact that today, for uh, maybe the first time, the Justice Department was referring to the shooting in El Paso as domestic terrorism. I think right. I think once you start using that label, terrorism for events like this, it's easy for people to get behind stopping terrorism. You know, uh, so I think maybe that maybe even that small bit of nomenclature will help motivate people to get out for single issue votes. I, I couldn't agree stronger with you on it, Brian. I think that's we've got to get people to see that this is homegrown terrorism that we need to step up and we need to stop it. We need to stop it now. And there's ways of doing it without bullying and confiscating everybody's right. guns. It needs to be done in a, in a manner that we can respect people that want to have handguns for personal protections that are legally responsible owners. But we also need to say that we need to keep guns out of certain people's hands. And certain types of guns have no business in private homes. I believe you. State Rep. Kathleen Willis, I appreciate you jumping on. Thanks for listening and thanks for calling in. Thanks for taking me, Brian. Thanks. We'll we'll talk to you soon. Uh, State Rep. Kathleen Willis, 77th District. Uh, Roger, you were on the air last night when the the Dayton story broke. Uh, It's... now, as a news person, you're used to covering tragedies. But we, as a society, unfortunately, these tragedies are becoming so commonplace that there's almost a shrug. Not that we don't feel sad about mm-hmm. it, that we're we're not saying, oh, my God, that, that's horrible. But it doesn't linger because we know it's going to happen again. So, you know, why invest all this emotion in something that... Nothing, nothing gets done when you get the report, when it comes across the wire last night. How do you react? Well, the the initial reaction is I, I got to be honest, I go into my newsman mode. I have to report this because it's news. Right. This is this is not just that it is something unique. If I were to just take the Dayton, Ohio event as a singular event, sure. but now it is part of an ongoing story. Um that has to be given uh, public notice. People have to know about this. I, I, you know, I don't care that it happened in Dayton. We have listeners who've been to Dayton, uh, sure. who had family in Dayton, born in Dayton, still went to uh, school go in back Dayton, to Dayton, whatever. There's a connection. We're all connected in the world, and especially here on WGN Radio, where our signal, especially at night, yeah. goes so far, and people still listen to us mm-hmm. all over the country, that this has to be a news story that I put in my news report. It has to be the number one story 
my night started out with those seven shot in Douglas Park. Right. I saw that first on my feed, my news feed, and within an hour after that, we started to hear or see, at least on my feed, um, just initial reports. The very first notice I got was, uh, we're getting reports of a shooting in Dayton, Ohio. Right. Now, I'm following all the TV networks, in addition to everything that I have on my computer that we have access to. None of the networks carried anything. They were still running old reports from yesterday afternoon about El Paso. So now I'm running to local media, which is what we have to do. If we're not getting the details, I have to go into newsperson mode, find out the details so I can report the facts to the public. And those facts were slow in coming. And so that's what I did. I, I Right before uh, the 3 o'clock news, we started to get information that this had happened. Right. Unfortunately, it had happened an hour ahead of when we got notice. Yeah. So by the time I was reporting it, the situation was over. But then the facts were slow in coming. So th- that's why you're still hearing about the story. And we're still getting details. But that's what I had to do. Was I upset about it? Yes. As a human being, yes, I was affected sure, by it. Of course we are. So we're all, we're all affected yeah. by it. Uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna move on. Thank you. If I didn't get to your calls, thank you very much. Seven zero eight again. Uh, the number for the the bosses you can find it at wgnradio.com. Call them. Tell them that I had an opinion that you disagreed with, and uh, you know, I'll talk to you next Sunday. Uh, but that's all right. We are gonna switch gears after the news because, as I said, there's a lot of things I like to do alone. Uh, this show. I, <laughs> no, that's not true. Your mic's still out, Roger. You can laugh. Okay. Uh, no, there's a lot. There's a lot. Thank you were you, laughing anyway. Uh, a lot I like to do by myself. But one thing I've always hesitated to do by myself is travel. Not for business. Business, I would travel by myself all the time. But uh, Randy Schaefer writes for the Tribune. She has had an epiphany about traveling by yourself. She's going to join me. We're going to talk about taking vacations, taking trips by yourself. Is it for you? It might be. We'll find out on the other side of the news. But first, we must do this. 720 WGN. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I have not been everywhere, but I've been a few places. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. I've enjoyed, uh, I enjoy traveling. In the last couple of years, we've had the opportunity to go overseas a few times, uh, and, it, and it's wonderful. But I went with my wife, or I went with a group, or I've gone with friends. Um, while I do enjoy doing a lot of things alone, I have never thought of taking a vacation alone. And my guest, up to a certain point, felt that way too. Randy Schaefer works for the Chicago Tribune. She has a wonderful piece in today's Tribune. Pick it up. It's only, what, $17 for a hard <laughs> copy of the Sunday Tribune now. Uh, you can also read it online if that's the way you do it. Uh, welcome. Good to see you. Thanks Hi, for coming good in. Good to see you too, of course. You shocked me when because you, you came in with a paper. Uh, because I right. saw your story, it, it first was online. Right, uh, digital or, first. Yes, digital first. And now you've brought it in in the actual paper. It's in the real paper today. And you said a Sunday Tribune. This is how out of touch I am. Four dollars. It's the first one I've ever bought. I usually pick them up at work, but I was off today walking past the CVS. It's like, oh, you know, I should buy a copy yeah, of yes, my your story. story's in there. <laughs> That's very cool. All right, so now. You haven't always traveled alone, no, correct? No, You You started out, like most of us, you traveled right. with friends or family. Family vacations to Disney, and then just yeah. kind of snowballed. <laughs> and when did, you, when did you have the epiphany that, you know what, 
traveling alone might be better. Was there was there one trip that would kind of triggered this whole new you? Yeah. So this is actually uh, the lead of my piece was I went to Berlin for my birthday last year, last October, and it was just a really quick. I found a three hundred dollar round trip flight. Yes, three hundred dollar round trip. That's flight. unbelievable. Right, and it was a budget airline, so I packed my little backpack and I went off for an extended weekend, literally extended weekend, four days. I flew there, flew back, got into a hair, went straight to work oh, the next day, uh, or straight to work that morning. Um, but yeah, I was sitting at the airport just kind of thinking, wow, this was so much fun. I don't know if I can like break this news to my family that I can't take them on my <laughs> trips anymore. <laughs> so what happened? Was there, What was the last bad trip that made you even consider? Because I... I don't know if I could do it. If I could just say, you know what? I'm going to Berlin for four days. The the first jump is the hardest part. But no, I'd taken earlier, um, earlier last year, I'd taken this, this massive European trip. It was 10 days, four countries with an ex-boyfriend. Um, turns out he cheated on me the week before I went. And oh. you can probably assume the trip was miserable and I hated it. And I just felt so bad about myself that I was like, I can't travel. I'm not fun. I'm a stick in the mud. And so... Um, I just spontaneously booked that flight to Berlin to prove to myself that I could have fun, yeah. and I'm a solo travel convert. <laughs> That's it. Sounds well. Yeah, I could. I could see that that uh, that last uh, longer trip was probably. I don't care even if you were the most fun traveler in the world. Right. The circumstances would, yeah, the leading circum- up to it. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't have been a good trip. All right. So you buy you buy this ticket to Berlin. Right. And did you try to get someone to go with you or did you say, I'm going on this one by myself, come hell or high water? Well, so my, my friends kind of make fun of me because I'll, I'll use the Skyscanner app and I'll find cheap airfare and I'm like, I'm going to book it now and figure out the details later. <laughs> so that's that's very much what I did. Is I, like, I was like, $300 round trip, I'm going to book it, I'll find a friend. And then it was like, the days went by and then nobody would come and I was just like, uh. do I eat the cost of this or do I just like go by myself? So... I went by myself. <laughs> so, all right. So you've decided to go by yourself. Right. How, because for most of us, th- like you said, the first jump's the hardest. Explain, you know, you're on the plane over there and you're like, boy, I'm Oh my God, oh my I'm God, alone. oh my God, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> what, and you get off the bus. So how does it, how does it unfold? I was actually surprised at how unstressed I was because I figured I'd be stressed. Like, I don't speak the language. I don't have a friend to like bounce ideas off of and right. be like, are we doing this correctly? But then I realized like, there's no one around to judge me. So if I get on the wrong train, <laughs> literally no one's going to know. And it was right. so low pressure and low stakes where I was like, my time is mine. There's nobody around to like point and laugh at me. Like nobody even notices me because I'm just such a small presence. And yeah, it was honestly like I was I was afraid on the entire flight there. But once I got there, I was like, this is actually like so low key and chill. <laughs> Does it get for lack of a better term, does it get kind of lonely? Because part of, in my experience when I travel, part of going to see things is sharing that with the person you're with. So it does kind of get a little bit lonely in that you'll do some crazy things and you're like, oh my gosh, I wish someone was there to witness this. Yeah. So it's not just like a crazy story like, okay, is is Randy lying? <laughs> but there are other yeah, things Randy, that make... are you lying? I swear I'm not. I'm ethical journalist here. Okay. But there are other things that make up for it. So, you know, when I was in Berlin, I got to go to the Memorial to the Murdered Jews of the Holocaust and I was just openly crying. And it was like, if I had a friend that was there with me, I would have like kind of kept that in because, you know, someone's going to judge you. But... I felt like being able to express things for myself fully made up for the fact that I was there by myself and I didn't have someone to talk to on trains or, like, take photos with. So, and you go now, especially in a country where you don't speak the language, like Berlin, I would think, oh, it's, it's a comfort to have someone there that at least you can talk to. But is there, there's gotta be a benefit to the total immersion to just say, it's sink or swim. You've gotta figure out a way to, 
you got to communicate or you're not. Oh, yeah. And I mean, luckily, most of Europe, everyone speaks English as a second right. language. So as you know, as narcissistic as it is, it is very cool to know that you'll be catered to as an American. And there was one point I stayed at a hostel while I was there and there was me, a Canadian, a Brit, two guys from Greece, a Syrian, a Mexican, all speaking English to each other. And so that is I feel like a lot of people are a little hesitant to travel by themselves, not knowing the language of the country mm-hmm. they're going to. But English really is so prevalence everywhere that it shouldn't be a deterrent and this is not a question to uh belittle any group but as the father of a daughter (laughs) i would be i would be nervous about my daughter who's 20 gonna be 23 traveling by herself oh you didn't see my dad's text messages when i said hey dad i'm going to mexico this weekend by myself (laughs) okay all right and and that i don't think that's being sexist no not at all it's being a parent right and you worry about you worry about your child's safety would i have i'd still have if curtis was my son and he was traveling somewhere by himself my first thought would be thank god my second thought would be i hope he's safe right so how do you that has to be a concern how do you what additional measures do you take to ensure your safety as much as you can. Well, I'll always log every single trip I take with the U.S. Embassy. So the U.S. Oh, Embassy okay. always knows exactly where I am through the step, the safety, the, the safe traveler program, um, safe traveler enrollment program. What um, was that? I... I now, this is something new, so explain that to people. Safe Traveler Enrollment Program, um, STEP. If you just Google um, like U.S. Embassy STEP, you can log your trip where you're going, and that way, if anything happens, the U.S. government knows that you are there. And you'll also get emails about you know civil riots, unrest, terrorist attacks, anything that might impede your travels. And this can be for any, not just traveling alone. This yeah, could be every single traveling. person ever traveling. Yeah, it's, it's oh, a really wow. good service. I'd recommend it. Um, I'll also share my location with my iPhone with my sister, because I'll have service on when I travel. Okay. Um, so my sister will always be able to see my little blue dot on my map. Um, I'll send my itinerary to my parents. I'll keep in constant contact and I'll I'll call okay. them or text them or my sister. Um, a lot of communication just to make sure that I am being safe. And then it's also situational awareness, you know, sure. which anyone living in Chicago has. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anybody and anybody who travels anywhere has that. But again, for most of us, there's at least somebody else with you. Right. You know, uh, but so that I, I'm glad. Thank you for not taking offense. I don't want <laughs> no, to. No, not know, at all. Because some people, why? You don't think we can take care of ourselves? Sure, I do. I think everybody can you take can. care you of themselves. You can. You just have to take the steps to best do that. Exactly. I love that State Department tip. I, I had yeah, never heard of it. Yeah, it's a great tip. It's a great tip. And listen, I'm a target for kidnappers. I could be somewhere and someone would snatch me. I need the government to know where they can come right, find me. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Not come find me. Let's take a quick break. Randy Schaefer is here. She works for the Tribune. Pick up the hard copy. Spend the four bucks so you can frame this piece or read it digitally. Flying solo while traveling alone is the way to go. I want to talk to you about any other concerns, but then there's a lot of benefits to traveling alone. So we want to get into those benefits, and uh, then maybe you have some tips for people who are on the fence. They think that... Oh, I'll convince them. Yes, they they want to go. So more with Randy on the other side. It's 720 WGN. Randy Schaefer's in the studio with me. Randy uh, is a managing editor or a content editor. What kind of editor? You're some sort of big editor. You're a big deal at the Tribune. Small, you're the editor in chief. What, what oh do you gosh. do? Publisher? Maybe one day. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you you work at the Tribune. Yes. And you wrote a story. Now it's fun. You didn't write this specifically for the Tribune. How did it end up in today's? hard copy of the trip <laughs> and on the digital edition of tribune.com so i'm still trying to figure that out but no so i actually have a personal blog that i keep it's just randy with an i.com and i write about just things that pique my interest travels and food and dining and um i wrote this little blog post about why i like traveling solo 
a coworker happened upon it, and she's like, "Why? Why aren't you writing for the Tribune? Like, yeah. you're employed here. Why isn't this like?" It's a good question. Right. Why aren't you writing for the Tribune? And so, like, little old humble me is just kind of like, "Oh, like pish posh. It's just for fun." And she's like, "No, that's unacceptable." So she um, sent the link to our travel editor and was just like, "You, you need to rewrite this and publish it." And that's that's kind of how it happened. Wow. Well, congratulations. That's Thanks. very cool. All right. So. We talked about we talked about some of the concerns being being by yourself and not knowing the language. When you when you went for your first solo trip, which again for anybody just joining us was to Berlin for an extended weekend, which sounds on paper that sounds fantastic. I'm gonna jet off it's to fantastic Berlin in, in life yes, as well. To jet off and just come back. Were there other were there other big concerns? Or even when you went on your second trip, maybe maybe Berlin went smoothly and then it was time for your second solo trip and you went, Ooh, I didn't think about this last time, but now I'm so, not sure. so actually, yeah, funny when I my second solo trip, I wasn't I wasn't nervous about the technicalities because like I knew I could fly by myself. I knew I, I know enough Spanish. I knew I could make my way around Mexico. My biggest concern was like, what if the first trip was a fluke? What if it was like right. a one off fluke and it's not going to be that fun? And I like have committed myself to this lifestyle that's really like based <laughs> on fraud. And wow. So that, that was my heavy. Yeah, that was actually my concern was nothing technical like kidnapping or like murder. But like, it's not going to be fun. <laughs> well, then, uh, no, that, listen, nobody wants to go on a vacation and not have fun. Uh, right, right. So that's, I mean, that's, that's a, trivial as it sounds. Yes. <laughs> that's the only reason we leave here is to go somewhere to have fun right you know what's, what's more fun than chicago you know nothing but you know we don't we don't, you know what i'm going to fly to another country and hopefully i will be in misery for seven exactly. days that's, that's my goal is to suffer because i can't suffer enough at home i have to suffer somewhere else uh, all right so it was it was berlin then mexico everything is going good people might still be wondering well what makes traveling by yourself so good? What are some of the benefits of traveling solo? Oh, gosh. Well, for me, I'm such a people person that I have had so much fun just meeting people traveling solo. When you're with a friend, you know, you've got that friend. You're talking right. to your friend on the plane, on the train, you know, like you're out and about and you're like, oh, look at that. But if you're by yourself, it's kind of like you either have to make friends or yeah. you're just going to be by yourself. And so when you're when you're with a person you have that crutch when you're by yourself it's you know like sink or swim you make friends or you're miserable by yourself now is that something that because for some of us myself included that that would probably be the hardest part for me yeah and it is hard um the easiest way to do that i stay in hostels and a lot of hostels are frequented mm -hmm. by solo travelers so you just kind of head to the bar cross your fingers <laughs> walk up to someone you're like where are you from? What are you doing? What have you done? What should I do? And then it kind of goes from there. Okay. Explain the hostel situation, the hostel kind of uh, setup, because would people hear about that? Is it only for is it only for young people traveling solo? If if I was to decide to go somewhere solo, can I stay in a hostel as well? Yeah, absolutely. Hostels don't have an age limit. Granted, a lot of travelers are in their early twenties, but um, when I went to Berlin, I was. 29 i had just turned 29 and i was not the oldest person in the group of people i was hanging out with i've stayed at hostels before where i've had 50 60 year olds in my hostel room so travel and adventure and curiosity it doesn't have an age limit all right so one of the benefits is then meeting people you're meeting you're meeting all kinds of people from all over the world right. who do all sorts of cool things or maybe not cool things but they're in the same place right. you are so you talk to them because it's it beats talking to yourself yes all right so there's one benefit i'm guessing another benefit is and and please correct me, uh, the fact that you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever 
wherever you want. Yeah. You know, I've taken trips before where a friend, she's wanted to like be in bed at 8 p.m. so she can get up at 6 to say, so you're making the face and that was the face I yeah, was making. <laughs> but if you go by yourself, you know, you can you can go to bed at 8 p.m. Sure. or you can go to bed at 8 am and it's really entirely up to you and that's kind of it, it's very freeing you can see what you want you don't have to be like oh you know so and so made me miss seeing this major tourist yeah. attraction like there's if you miss something you're the only person to blame and in that realm you're also at your own pace so maybe exactly you know you might want to see this museum right but i'm i like to go to the museum i have a very like an hour at a museum is, right. my, is my limit i'll see some galleries i'll see the big pieces and okay. if you're by yourself, you can spend six hours and nobody's going to Or nobody's six minutes. You know. Right, exactly. Gonna, like you said, nobody's going to judge you. I walked in. I was there. I, right, exactly. <laughs> the and selfie. you can, whatever you want at your own pace. And, you know, you can do the same thing multiple times. If you if something really strikes your fancy, nobody's going to say like, oh, you absolutely cannot go to the Eiffel Tower three times. You've already seen it in a, <laughs> in a day. You can go back day after day and no one's going to say no. It's be- And... You're also controlling how much you're spending, right? Exactly. Because you can't, your friend isn't going, I have to go here for dinner because it's a, you know, Michelin rated. And you're just stuff. like, I do not have a Michelin budget, my lady. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're doing all this on your own. Is it, is it, uh, do you find it it's easier to find deals traveling by yourself? So that's actually kind of the one thing that is a little cost prohibitive is, you know, if you're with a friend, you guys can split dinner and, mm-hmm. you know, you can try more food for your money. You can split a hotel room versus by yourself where you're like, well, I'm going to have to pay for this all of this out of pocket for all of this food I want to try. I can't share it with someone. I'm going to have to pay for the full Airbnb by myself. So it is, the cost does kind of suck a little bit, but at the same time you can save money doing other things where, you know, maybe you, you don't want to even go to the fancy restaurant where you'd have to buy the whole dish for yourself. So now you also said in the piece that uh, a chance, one of the benefits is a chance to live in the moment and self reflect. Yes. So explain that to me. Well, kind of like we were saying earlier, you know, like I went to the Holocaust Memorial and I was crying. And if I were with a friend, it wouldn't have had that impact. I wouldn't be able to just, you know, sit down at a park and write in my journal. And like, if you're with a friend, nobody's going to want to just like hang out at a coffee shop for three hours and reflect and, you know, just take in the magnitude of what you're doing and where you're at. And if you're by yourself, you have all of the time in the world to really, you know, take into consideration who you are, where you're at, your surroundings, how they affect you. And it's just a very personal experience. What was, what was the uh, most moving since you've, since you've become a solo traveler, a moment that besides this one that you've just described, which I'm guessing it was very moving, a moment that affected you the most that you're glad you were by yourself. Oh, gosh. Um, I, I think that the the most impactful was definitely being at the Berlin Memorial by myself. But there are just so many little moments that you wouldn't have had if you were with someone, you know, just like listening to my iPod while outside of a Mexican cenote or just sitting in a coffee shop by myself watching people. And, you know, if someone was with you, you'd be talking to them, but you get to sit back and observe and you get to realize like the best and worst parts of humanity are all parading themselves <laughs> in front of you. And you don't you don't have that if you're with somebody else. And if they're drawing your attention away from the moment at present all right let's since you brought up the worst in humanity we've talked about the most impactful moment a moment where you were like boy maybe i shouldn't have come here by myself <laughs> um luckily knock on wood I is there any wood around here i need uh, i need yeah. to knock on it thank you <laughs> um i haven't had one of those yet well, short of yeah short of just kind of general like oh i'm tired and i'm cranky and i need to find my hostel and i need food right away um I haven't really had a moment where I've been like, oh, this sucks. Um, I was pickpocketed once, but okay. I guess that's just kind of the tax you the tax you pay, and I've paid the tax, and now yeah. I can 
Continue. And that can happen whether you're by yourself or with a huge group. Right, That's- and that actually happened here in Chicago on the Blue Line on my way back from a trip, ironically enough. So, so that, doesn't, that doesn't even Exactly, count. which is why I said knock on wood. It, hasn't, it hasn't really happened yet. That's a, that's a domestic crime. Exactly. That, we can't even put that in the international Don't jinx me. Count. Don't jinx me. No, no, I'm not. I, God forbid. All right, so if I'm on the fence, because there's people listening who are like, oh, Randy, may, Randy paints a pretty good picture. This sounds this sounds like something I want, might want to do, but I'm not, I'm not sure what... What tips would you give somebody who is really contemplating pulling the trigger on starting to travel? By oh, themselves? just do it. Just book the flight. Just book <laughs> the flight, and then once you once you've booked it, it's either giving up the money or going for it. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just a cheapskate, but I was like, I'm not giving up the money. I'm going for it. Yeah. So booking it is the hardest part. Once you do that, it's 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 all it's not all easy, but it's all worth it. Now going in the hostel with the hostels, like you said, you're meeting a lot of people who are traveling solo. Mm-hmm. Have you found one destination that seemed much more uh, conducive to people traveling by themselves or is everything kind of equal well so i use hostel world um which is a website just hostelworld.com and you can kind of read about like different types of hostels if they're party hostels or if they're chill hostels if they're good for groups good for solo and i'll always look at the responses and the reviews and pick the ones that are good for solo travelers and they usually have bars where you can meet people or they'll have like guided tours or they're just very conducive to getting people that are traveling by themselves together in a group for maximum enjoyment what about cities that uh, have been more open for being by yourself um as long as you're as long as you're good with spending time with yourself any city is good for a solo traveler so what is next where where are you off to next oh uh, well i'll actually we were talking about this earlier um this is actually my last week at the Tribune this coming week and i'll be moving to eastern europe to serve in the peace corps for a few years wow so hopefully lots of solo trips uh when i'm not busy teaching english congratulations that's Thank you. A, that's a very good thing and being in in europe it's Going from country to country is so simple. Oh yeah, they have an amazing public transit, and they've got budget airlines, and it's you know it's it's much more easy to to get around Europe than it is here. So hopefully, hopefully, lots more solo travel in my future. That's very exciting. And now you'll be uh, now you'll be helping humanity, teaching English. In uh, where can you say where you're going? I'll be in Ukraine. In the Ukraine. In Ukraine. Yes. In Ukraine. Very nice. Uh, All right. How did did your solo travel? Have any influence on going into the Peace Corps? Definitely, yes. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes sense. Yeah, it was one of those things I always wanted to do, and I guess kind of the... the I, I thought as I'd get older, I'd kind of settle into things, and no, the adventurous spirit's still there, so we're just going to cave to it, and hopefully it turns out okay. <laughs> well, that's that's very exciting. And I still... I. Like I said, I, I'm not in the position. My wife would frown on me traveling by myself. But <laughs> As I, someone without a wife or, or a husband or children or a house oh yeah. or a dog. If you're single or... And some people, some couples, they do travel by themselves. Yeah, and, and more power cool. to them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just hard to travel with because I don't think I could do that. <laughs> you know what? I think... I On second thought, I think my wife may welcome me traveling by myself because... Once Get we're you out a, of the house for a few days. And once we're at a place, I'm fine. It's the act of getting to the airport and getting through customs. And, and that's the real relationship the wor- test yes. right there. And I'm the worst at that. Once we're somewhere, yeah. Once I'm you're once you're like on a lawn in front of the White House or in front of the Eiffel Tower. Sorry, yes. you've got some cheese and you've got some wine. It's it's yeah. all easy cruising. Or I'm looking at a map of the underground in London. I'm in my element. Yeah. It's that, the unknown part the setting it up that's the hard part well congratulations on the piece thank you good luck in ukraine thank teaching you. english with the and uh, good luck on your final week at the tribune thank randy you so schaefer much. pick up the p 
Pick up the real newspaper. Go out today. You got four bucks burning a hole in your pocket. (laughs) Pick it up. Read the story. If you're like, well, you know, I have to go to 7-Eleven to get a paper. That's a hassle. Go online. Tribune.com. Read Randy's uh, piece. Uh, Flying Solo. Why Traveling Alone is the Way to Go. Randy Schaefer, thanks very much for coming in. It was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for having me. We will talk to you again, I hope, from uh, maybe when you come back from Ukraine. Maybe I'll call in. You can (laughs) Yes, please, Curtis. We'll we'll touch base from from Ukraine. If something happens, you can be our source in Eastern Europe. That'll be fantastic. All right, on the other side of the news, we are going to have a Bowtie Theater Review. I saw another show this week. What did I think of it? I'll tell you. But first, it is 5.30 on 720 WGN. We must head into the newsroom. This report is sponsored by Permaseal Basement Systems. Here's Pam Jones. Welcome to the land where the winters tried to kill us and we said, We will not be killed. Welcome to the land where the waters tried to drown us and we said, We will not be drowned. Welcome to the land where we lost our loved ones and we said, We will still go on. Welcome to the land where the winds tried to blow and we I drop my kids off at school and head to the SPCA where I'm greeted by my other kids all barking and meowing for breakfast and a belly rub. Not that I'm complaining, I love them. But by the time feeding is done, I got to get back to pick up my human kids, so I take just one second for myself and I'm sitting in my car. I'm in the library. This is music from the show Come From Away, which opened the other night at the Cadillac Palace Theater. Uh, it has gotten rave reviews around the country, being on the best theater of 2015 list in Los Angeles, on the LA Times, Seattle Times, San Diego Union Tribune, the Times of San Diego. It is, uh, it is a show that I would urge you to see. This is the Bowtie Theater Review. Very exciting, uh, once again. There is, um, there are sometimes when you go to the theater and you are moved for whatever reason, whether it's emotional, whether it's comedically, uh, for whatever reason, a play or a show affects you, and this show, Come From Away, uh, really, really affected me. It was one of the most enjoyable nights I've had at the theater, and um, I've been fortunate to see a lot of shows. If you don't know the story of Come From Away, it is based on a true story. Uh, on September 11th, after the attacks, you know that the air travel was stopped over the United States, all U.S. airspace was closed, and a number of flights were forced to land somewhere else. Many of them landed in a small town of Gander, Newfoundland, just uh, as they say, at the edge of the world. Welcome to the Rock. That was part of the song you were listening to. Uh, It is an island with very, very few people. It it was a town that had uh, about 6,000 people living in there, and then all of a sudden, 7,000 passengers were stranded in that town. It is a story of how these people in Gander came together and uh, Gander and the surrounding towns came together to help these stranded travelers from all over the world. You know, this is a very small town, but they opened their homes to them, they opened their schools, they got them food, they got them anything they needed uh, from toothbrushes to uh, a very there was a very, very funny exchange of of the police chief having to go back to Shoppers, the store there, to get uh, feminine products because they were taking care of all these people. Uh, so they had they just opened their town and embraced these travelers. And so it's a true story, and it's told in flashback, obviously, as you start the show with the first song. It's these local people saying what they were doing. They were on their way. They were having a regular day. And then all of a sudden, things change. And then you meet the travelers, the plain people, 
who have been on a plane stranded for 28 hours. They don't know what's going on because the captain is not giving them all the information. They've decided not to tell the travelers about the incident in the United States, about the attacks and about the towers falling. So it's not until they open up a school and these people get to deplane and go to their various places around the area, whether it's whether it's Gander uh, in the elementary school or it's another town close by or the Salvation Army camp, wherever they were taking these people, that is the time that they finally get to see the carnage that happened on 9-11. And it's hard to say that there's one star of the performance because it's an ensemble, an ensemble cast where everybody plays a lot of parts. And you might think, oh, that's going to be, that's going to be one, confusing. Two, is it going to be convincing when somebody is one minute there, you know, the, the pilot of the American Airlines jet, and the other, the next minute, they're somebody in the town, and the next minute, they're the local TV reporter or the sheriff, and they're jumping around. And I will tell you, this cast pulls it off flawlessly. It is unbelievable the quickness with which not only they change little aspects of their costume, and it's and most of the time you don't even see it happening, to the changes, some slight, some drastic in speech patterns or accents or physicality, where I've I at times throughout the show forgot that this character was just <laughs> in the last scene as somebody else, and I was like, oh yeah, all they did was put on a hat and a jacket, and now they're a completely different person. It alternates between being unbelievably funny and heartbreaking at the same time. And I think part of part of the appeal of this show is, one, that it really celebrates how good human beings can be. And in this day and age, we don't see, we don't see a lot of uh, humanity on a daily basis. A lot of us don't see that. We're, we are bombarded with images of uh, division and rhetoric that gets people fired up or just people being rude, whether it's in traffic or on the street. or where. So to sit for an hour and 40 minutes, which is what this, this show is, and see people doing good for no other reason than that they're good people. And as they said, you do the same. And I left thinking, would I do the same? Could I be like the people of Gander and open my home to somebody? Could I? Sure, I could give a couple of bucks, or I could send a casserole down, but could I be that good? And that's that's a question that you're left with as you leave this performance. Could I really be the guy who does something like that? And hopefully the the answer is yes. But I think that's the appeal, that we get to see the best. We get to see what we can all aspire to be. And it also taps into your own remembrance of where you were on 9-11. You know, because as as some of the characters are revealing their story and their connections to what is still happening in the United States, you'd be hard-pressed not to think for a moment, where were you at these particular times when they're giving out timestamps? You know, uh, September 11th, Clock. You remember. And so that a- adds to the poignancy of the production as well. Now, does that mean that you're sitting there for an hour and 40 minutes and you're bummed out? Absolutely not. As I mentioned, it is hilarious. And that's the beauty of this roller coaster that 
uh, Come From Away takes you on. That one minute you are so high, and the next minute you feel like your heart's being pulled out. And then it goes back to being, oh, and you, you start to... You start to care about all these different characters and wonder what's going to become of them. And yes, there's a couple where you go, eh, I can kind of see what's what's probably going to happen. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't take away from the feeling you'll have when those storylines actually get wrapped up. The staging was was terrific, very minimal, very very much a focus on the ensemble with some great Chicago uh, actors in there. Again, there's nobody who you could say, well, this person is the lead of the show. There's only the the woman who plays the captain of the American Airlines flight, kinda, but the woman who runs the the woman who runs the uh, the Gander Academy, the school where she's kind of a lead too, and then the mayor's kind of a lead, and then everybody else is coming through. And there's a, a TV reporter; it's her first day on the job on nine eleven, and she's new because she came from an even smaller town than Gander in Newfoundland, and so she's everybody in there is wonderful. And it shows also how fear can take hold and how bigotry can take hold. And there's a there's a storyline that represents that. And there's love and friendship and how those things last or don't last. But the fact that this was a true story, it actually made me want to go to Newfoundland. I wanted to get on a plane. Maybe I go by myself. I take Randy Schaefer's advice. I go to Newfoundland by myself. I go to Gander. I stand at the edge of the world and look over the cliffs uh, like they do in the show. If you if you want to feel good, if you want to say, hey, you know what? Uh, humanity is not a lost cause. People are still good in the world. I urge you to go see Come From Away. It was it was a lot of fun. I mentioned twice so far an hour 40 minutes. The brevity of it is... Per, the, the length of the show is great. There's no intermission. So it's an like hour 30, hour 40, somewhere in, the, in that realm. And it moves really fast. You don't feel like, oh, I wish it had been a little longer to tell me what happened here. Nope. You don't think, oh, I wish it had been shorter because they needed to cut. No. It's, it's the perfect length. The songs are great. The cast is terrific. Uh, the fact that it's a true story that some of us, you know, you maybe you knew the basic outline of it, but now you'll know the whole story. It is wonderful. I give Come From Away four bow ties. You need to go see it now. It is playing through August 18th at the Cadillac Palace Theater, uh, broadwayinchicago.com for all your tickets. Again, go. Tap into your collective memory. Laugh. Cry. Yes, Curtis, I did. There were a couple tears at one point. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I'm not... Uh, I am not. Uh, I was going to say, I think you could see crying a little bit there. I think, little... I think everybody in their right mind. If you don't cry at like, something like that yes. and involves 9-11, I don't think you have a soul. Right. And there was one song in particular that the captain was doing, and it was... It, it just hit me, and I was like, oh... And again... Now, I'm not uh, one of those guys who's too macho to say I didn't cry. Uh, I didn't sob like a baby, but there were a couple tears. But I was I was coy with them because my wife always my wife always stares at me like I'm a weirdo when I cry. And I'm like, you've been married to me for a long time. One, you know I'm a weirdo. Two, you know I cry. But be that as it may, whether you're a weirdo or not, whether you cry or not, 
You're going to have a wonderful time at the theater. Go see Come From Away uh, now through August 18th. Again, it's at the Cadillac Palace Theater. Couldn't be nicer. Um, you know, welcome to the rock. That's the uh, that's the catchphrase. I was expecting Dwayne Johnson. I was not disappointed that he was not in the production. Four bow ties for Come From Away. All right, let's do this, and then there is more. It's 720 WGN. <laughs> Thank you, Curtis. Curtis Coke in today. Cody is at NerdFest. Uh, he may be back. He may have been uh, eaten by a dragon. I don't know what happens down there. Roger, you know every year I give Cody a hard time for uh, going to NerdFest, but uh, yeah. we're all nerds in our own way. So. Well, you know, if it's, a, if it's a once-a-year thing, then he needs his fix. He does. Well, you, nah, I don't think he's only a nerd one weekend a year. Oh, he's a, no. But, well, uh, he can let it out without, any, without being judged. Well, that's true. Well, no, I judge him. Well, so, but at the fest. Well, no, at the fest, he's with like-minded uh, Yeah, like-minded I know. That's people. what I'm saying. And God bless him. Uh, real quick, <laughs> we were talking about Come From Away, or I was. Yeah. Somebody from the 6th Row, I saw it in New York, and again last night in Chicago. Both performances were outstanding. Uh, and then somebody saying that the Archer bus will get me to Gander. I don't think that's true. I've taken the Archer bus. It that, stops eventually. Will that eventually. take me to Newfoundland? How far does Archer Avenue go? So. Plus, it plus, might be the longest road in America. Who right, knows? Because uh, you, when you're <laughs> co- when you're going uh, east on Archer, it, it ends right. right here. It ends uh, yeah. like near Chinatown. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's not going to help me. I, so I if need... I go west on Archer on the on the bus, do you think south, it'll take it me to Crystal? Southwest. Oh well, I was going to say, so do you think it'll take it me to Crystal Lake, my hometown? No, <laughs> Austin, Texas, maybe. It's <laughs> Texas, uh, maybe. Okay, because yeah, uh, Ogden just Ogden heads southwest. It's a great road. It'll take you to Bolingbrook, maybe. Stop at White Fence Farm. Down, uh, get yourself some chicken, maybe Del Rey's really chicken good. basket. I'm actually the... hungry right now, so right. I might do that. <laughs> Roger, did you bring any fried chicken? Curtis is hungry. I have some sweet and sour chicken. Do you really? On brown rice. Yeah. He had that yesterday. Wow. So, I have it every so he's, he's offering you like he's three, a repeat offender. Three day old Chinese food. <laughs> no, it's good. Sure it is. Yeah. yeah all right. It's not old. Uh, I mean, it's edible. Uh, well. <laughs> I don't think that that's a good justification. It's edible. Yeah. Now you sound like me trying to see. My wife is one of those women. Uh, if if leftovers are more than a couple days, she's right. got to throw them out. And I'm like, it's been less than a week. I can still eat this. She's like, oh no, you can't. No, that's gross. Uh, the, the, you know what am I going to do? Throw it out? No, I'm going to no, eat. No, I bought it Thursday and I made it Thursday or Friday. I right. combined the two. I made the rice and then put the chicken in with it, and so my meals are all prepared for the weekend. All right, so, so you just made grab it, and go. You made it on Friday. Right. All right, so And then I nuke it when I'm here. Yeah, that's fine. Making it on Friday and eating it Sunday, that's yeah, yeah that's not too old. No. Wait, Curtis, what are you, Curtis some hoity toity foodie? No, I said that was fine. <laughs> what, <a> farm to table? <laughs> I, here I am thinking he's, he's. What do you need me to slaughter a pig right outside and cook it for you? Is that the, is that the game? We can't, we can't have anything. That's what, that's that's what Bacon Fest is for. Oh, Bacon Fest is going to be good. Well, I'm going to go home and eat leftovers. That's, you know. There you go. Why not? I never. I hated leftovers as a kid. Probably because my dad hated leftovers. Oh, like we would never have leftovers at home growing up. I don't know what. I don't know where that food went. Either uh, my mom ate it or she repurposed it, but it never came out as leftovers because my dad, he had a thing. I don't know. He had a thing about leftovers. The best leftovers are during the holidays. Oh yeah, definitely. When you get the like for Thanksgiving, you get the turkey, mashed potatoes, all that stuff too. It's great, but are, then I got to be honest. After about four days, I never want to eat turkey again. I can, that that week. I'm all about it. I can't, oh man, I can't get enough of that stuff. Yeah. And then come about uh, Thanksgiving's on Thursday, say by Wednesday, I never want to eat turkey again until Whoa. Christmas. And then <laughs> I want to eat turkey again like See, a lunatic. And that's fine. I think that's fine. Yeah. All right. What, for of, a month or so. what of Thanksgiving dinner 
could you not get tired of eating the rest of the year? Oh, well, I mean, it depends. Am I eating it every day? Because I could eat a I could eat a nice Thanksgiving dinner once a week. I love oh really okay. oh I love all the starch. I love the cranberries. I yeah, love yeah, the yeah. the turkey. You know the plus, stuffing. Plus I could I'm do like stuffing. a dog. I eat I could eat the same. I basically <laughs> do for the most part eat the same thing every day. I eat the same thing for breakfast. I eat the same thing for lunch, and I eat a variation on the same theme for dinner. Unless we're going out somewhere. A man of habit. No, a man who's a, a lunatic. Because it's like <laughs> oh, this is easy. I'm gonna every day. I'm gonna have this for lunch. Right. And it started when I was when I started uh, initially losing the weight. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right, so I always eat. The, I always ate the same thing because it was I easy. Got it. Yeah, and then uh, and now I've continued that for breakfast and lunch, and then you know dinner's a dinner's always a, not always, but every once in a while dinner's a wild card. Oh, oh it's yeah. not bad, and you feel comfortable doing it. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Every everything's uh, you know everything is uh, is a problem. Uh, I do that too. I mean, there were uh, there was uh, like a year well, when sure, I was you're teaching. Eating, you're eating sweet and sour chicken and brown rice well, for eight days. <laughs> You know, only for the three days I'm here when I'm home, I don't. Then you eat white rice. Yeah, no, (laughs) or fried rice. Yeah, Yeah, fried rice. I go fried rice because I like that hot. (laughs) I don't like the microwave. The fried. No, you know what I actually have like about three times a week is a bagel dog. I used to love bagel with everything on it. Ooh, like if you you get get a bagel with everything. Th- that's oh, the what, bagel has yeah. The, the bagel, bagel has, has everything, everything on. on. Yeah, Not the dog. No, 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 no. The dog is plain inside right, the bagel. Right. Those were my favorite market day things as a ki- as a kid. Oh, because market could, days oh. up until I was in elementary school. <laughs> right. There's yeah. and man, those bagel dogs. Really. They oh. had the frozen Ed DeBevick's milkshakes, <gasps> chocolate shakes. Ooh, I was wait, a where? fan of those. Oh, really? Mark, yeah, market days when I was uh, uh growing up in elementary school. Yeah. Oh wow. They had those, so my mom would order those all the time. Those market day things. They always look good. It was kind of a I know it was a fundraiser for schools, so God bless them. But, hey, you know, $78 for six bagel dogs. Hey, but you're helping school. I know, but I could, uh, you know, I could go to Jewel, buy myself some bagel dogs, and then maybe kick some cash straight up to the school. There you go. You know, what yeah. were those at the Bevic Milkshake? 150 bucks? I have no idea. <laughs> for, for 12 of them? He didn't pay for it. Mom did. Yeah. Mom did. Mom, I need these milkshakes. Where's that milkshake, Mom? <laughs> Curtis, we don't have any more milk. It's not market day until they go, I want Right market now. day doesn't come until next month. I want it now. Yeah, that's a problem. Plus, you have to have like industrial freezers. Oh yeah, and everybody knows I have body parts in those. Well, I can't. I can't be uh, filling it up with bagel dogs and frozen. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, frozen. We're also going to store all your Costco <laughs> exactly. surplus. That's a oh man, that's the problem. Well, with the, we got this new uh, new house, the new refrigerator is not as big as the old one. It's one of those side by side jobbers. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the side-by-side refrigerator-freezer. You think there's less space in those? I do. Yeah. And it's probably not, but in my mind, it's less. Because each door is thinner. I mean, it's not as wide as the big one. Yeah. My point exactly. So my freezer may be taller, but I believe, Mm -hmm. one, it's narrower. And uh, I am finding different ways. I think because I'm very close-minded and rigid. (laughs) I immediately shut down when I see something new like that. But now, as I've been there a few weeks, and I'm... uh, kind of experimenting with things, I'm finding I can fit, uh, you know, I have to fit things in differently than I did before. And Roger, you know me. I love to evolve as a human Mm -hmm. being. Curtis, you don't know me well enough. That is a (laughs) falsehood. That is 100% wrong. I don't want to evolve. I don't want to be woke. I don't want to change. I just Just want... Just leave you in your chair. Right. Yeah. Maybe bring in your breakfast, to, lunch, and dinner. I had to dinner. get rid of my chair when I moved. Oh, no. no the big oh. chair? The big chair is No, gone. you didn't. Because, well, one, oh, uh, no. one, it was 
it was a big chair, yeah. and there was not enough room. <laughs> Two, uh, about a month before we left, the uh, the older dog hopped up there and popped the cushion with her oh, with her no. claw, and it was. Oh. And to be honest, the the big chair was thirteen years old and had seen better days. Mm-hmm. But like me, I was not <laughs> just because it was old and dilapidated. <laughs> I did not want to put it out in the, you know, on the curb right. because I'm next. First it's the chair, <laughs> then it's me. Uh, I see how it goes. Once things get to a certain age and condition in our uh-huh. house, it's yeah. got to be donated. Right. Uh, I'm not going to sit on the dock at Goodwill waiting for somebody to come and claim me. I need to be uh, so yeah. So now I don't have a I don't have a comfortable spot. Oh no! I know I'm in upheaval. You got to get a new chair. Get a new I do recliner. To, I'm getting I'm getting a new recliner. I th- Christmas. That's the that's uh, the big gift item the, for Christmas. Well, that's the you know that's the plan on paper that maybe we'll get and maybe we're talking about uh, we're talking about going Archie and Edith and getting like matching recliners. We got them because yeah. See, and that's great. Yeah. I I I've come to terms with the fact that. Uh, I'm old, and so uh, if if mother and I have to sit in matching recliners, that yeah. would be just fine. You know, we can hold our gnarled hands and and just hope for the best. Uh, no, because my, you know, maybe that's what we. I'll do. give you another tip. Yeah. you can you can have them delivered. Well, yeah, and they just snap. No, they'll deliver them, and you just snap the two parts together. Boom, you're done. Seriously? Oh, the back onto the base. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do? You, yeah. What did you think I was going to do? Cobble it together? I'm not. Well, no. You know, I thought you were going to have. Hey, what am I, it's not, a, it's not a Lego chair. Or, yeah, really. I'm not, not going to be. It's not IKEA. I'm not going to be out there with an Allen wrench but, and a hammer just trying to put my own recliner. But together. I ordered it from online. I didn't go to the store. I hate going to the to furniture oh, stores. Oh, I'm not buying a chair without sitting in it. Are you on, on acid? There, well, have you been at Lala vaping? <laughs> I'm, there's not a chance that I'm buying a chair that I haven't sat in. Just like there's no chance I'm buying a mattress that i didn't lay on there's no no certain things i need to i need to experience you know i understand i need i i'm a man i'm a man of particular needs (laughs) we're finding uh, that out oh sure you're just finding that out we've worked together (laughs) for over a decade i know Uh, (laughs) sometimes i'm still amazed i don't uh, i don't blame you i'm i'm amazing uh but yeah no i'm not buying i'm not buying a chair online well see i bought mine first uh-huh. Yeah, actually, it was a replacement for the old one, and they didn't have that exact chair. Sure, because it was built in 1928. I know that. So and then, then I found born. one was... Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, was I went and inspected chair. the factory. That was a chair he was birthed in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, What's that the, stain? None of your business. They, <laughs> it's an origin story. Then I got the new one because it kind of looked close to the old one. And it so felt so, and it felt fine when I got it. So then I got a second you, one. You for don't want to change any more than I do. No. You want a new chair? That no, looks just I wanted like exactly. Your own Why didn't they save one for me when the factory closed down? I don't know. It's a good question, <laughs> uh, but we have other questions to <laughs> ask. So it's more important. And I will be asking them of Derek Hall. He is the executive director of the Trotter Project, and Trevor Rose Hamblin is a brewer at Old Irving Brewery. There is a, a big uh, event coming up for the Trotter Project. So we'll find out all about that on the other side. But first, we must go to the news. Uh, Chicago stories told 24 7 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users just say play WGN radio on tune in. It is 6 o'clock already with the news. Here he is, Roger Badish. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN, here until 7, then Karen Conti comes in. 
Uh, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know we have uh, talked about the Trotter Project before. We've had them in there, a wonderful organization. They have a new event coming up next Sunday, the Trotter Project Beer Fest, in uh, cooperation with uh, the uh, Trotter Project, obviously, Old Irving Brewing, and uh, so many more. We're going to find out all about it, because Derek Hull is here. He is the executive director of the Trotter Project, and Trevor Rose Hamblin is here. Trevor, you are. what's your position with Old Irving Brewing? Are you the brewmaster? Are you just a head honcho? Are you just a guy who looks good in a beard? What's your, what's your deal? All, uh, D, all the above. All uh, the yeah. above. Very nice. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Very nice. And I told you, I've been to Old Irving uh, a few times, and I've always enjoyed myself there. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, first time we were there was on one of those uh, barrel runs tours oh yeah for and sure then, yeah. and then we've gone back since so that's awesome we love our partnership with them that's yeah great. it's very nice so derek welcome back it's good to see you uh now usually when we talk it's for the excellence gala and which which the trotter project has been doing for a long time but before we go further before we get into all this tell people what the trotter project is sure well thanks for having us on uh we this is our fifth anniversary for the trotter project and we've been busy uh this year uh alone we went from one week of summer camp down in englewood uh, to three weeks of summer camp with the kiddos wow. uh, down there and um you know it just made sense for us as we're celebrating our fifth anniversary right. let's let's go to the next big thing and trevor and i used to work together at moto restaurant okay. and we thought hey we both love beer we both love food so let's do the trotter project's first annual beer fest together and what is the, what is the Trotter Project? Because people people who know the restaurant world obviously know the name Charlie Trotter. Right. We we know his legacy. We know all about that. But what is what is the Trotter Project do? Sure. So the Trotter Project is Chef Charlie Trotter's enduring legacy of a nonprofit. And what we do in a nutshell is we provide education and mentorship to underserved youth with a passion for the culinary and hospitality industry. And you also provide scholarships. We correct? do. We actually had uh, a bunch of students who just graduated this year. As I was mentioning to you yeah. before we went on air. I'm feeling very old. Yeah, uh, that that well, con- congratulations for that. It's got to be exciting because you know you the the project is created and and you have these grand ideas and you give these scholarships and you wonder if they'll come to fruition and obviously they they're starting to that's true yeah jefferson martinez rodriguez is one of our first graduates out of kendall college he's now working at the chicago athletic association wow. just down the street here from the studios yeah. uh, we've got another student nia spencer uh she is handy capable as we like to say and uh, she just graduated out of new york uh, culinary school with her associate's degree wow. and now she wants to go on to her bachelor's which is great so explain this summer camp in englewood oh so the summer camp uh what we did was we partnered up with uh, maria coppice center in englewood and and we last year it was one week long with 15 students and we thought because we're only five years old how could we take it to the next level right. and so we didn't want to add more students there's always need right. um, but we wanted to make sure that kids were safe kept off the streets and really engaged um, with the culinary and hospitality industry so we partnered up with our educational institution partners at Washburn Culinary Institute okay. and we created three weeks of summer camp so wow. we did everything uh, it was fully intense uh, from uh, you know, uh, food photography they went up to to Lincoln Park, to the Green City Market, uh, and uh, they learned to cook everything that they thought they never could. They made homemade pasta from scratch. They really? made potato latkes from scratch. Uh, they used the, the basil uh, and the rosemary from the garden, uh, so zero food mile. And, and that's another exciting thing that we've done with the Montessori School of Englewood, one of our other uh, ins- educational institutions. Uh, a first of its kind, a farm-to-classroom movement, as the Trotter Project likes to say. Yeah. Um, and so we've teamed up with the University of Illinois Extension Program and the Master Gardeners. And those Master Gardeners and University of Illinois 
Illinois Extension are in that school's garden with the students, with the faculty, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And so we've actually literally created a food uh, oasis and a food desert of Englewood. That's amazing. And that people don't realize that that is a huge problem, not only in Chicago, but in major cities across this country where... People people don't have access to fresh food. They've got, you know, maybe a little store at the corner where they can get, you know, Fritos and, and pop and stuff, but they can't go into a nice supermarket and get even just lettuce, any any sort of vegetable. It's not there. Right, right. And with the Trotter Project's first annual beer fest, what's so unique about this, it's uh, on Sunday, August 11th at the Irish American Heritage right. Center next week. Uh, it's going to kick off Charlie Trotter Days around the country, August 11th through the 18th. Yes, I wanted to get to that because that it's a whole week. Now, explain what what are these days? How are we how are we celebrating Charlie Trotter's legacy with so a week people can, of days? Yeah, so people can go to the trotterproject.org to find a full list of restaurants participating in the Chicago area as well as around the country united airlines as well as getting in the game again this year our founding corporate sponsor uh and so people will be able to uh, participate on the ground and thirty thousand feet in the air now you've talked about it's always fun i like to i because airline food well it doesn't really exist anymore but it's nice to get something quality when you're up there whether it's a quality beverage or a quality food uh now also at the first annual the the uh first annual trotter project beer fest some of your some of your graduates will be there, and they are going to be mentored by some of the chefs by some of the chefs Correct. that are there. So this is this is the this is the uh, the continuum. This is the timeline that you want. You want these people to that get these scholarships. You hope that. It's a long career for them. That's right. We want them engaged with community. We want them giving back. But they all, we also want them to be learning from the seasoned veterans. And I think that's what's perfect about this with the first annual Trotter Project Beer Fest is you have the breweries in the game. You've got a bunch of the chefs. And then you've got the younger generation that are nurtured through education and mentorship by these chefs that are coming in for the Beer Fest next week. And refresh my memory. That's the students who can be involved with the Trotter Project. Is it high school age and up? Or so actually, the- so anybody can get, actually get involved. Um, we're primarily focused right now in Chicago and the west and south sides of the city. Um, however, our scholarships are open to anyone uh, who's interested and has a passion for the culinary and hospitality industry. We've got three different subsets of uh, scholarships. And again, it's trotterproject.org. You can get all the information on that, what they do and everything. All right, Beer fests are probably... You can't you can't swing an empty pint glass around this city every weekend without running into about a three or four beer fests. They're very accessible. Is that what you were? Uh, is that what one of the goals of of this first annual Trotter Project Beer Fest is to do something that people people love these things? Absolutely. You know, for us, it's a little bit simpler than that. Uh, you know, Trevor and I have worked together uh, in the year uh, in the years past uh, at Moto Restaurant in Fulton Market, and we've always tried to find ways to work together. Uh-huh. Uh, Old Irving Brewing has always been a big supporter during the Trotter Project's Charlie Trotter days, and uh, with him as the master brewer and behind the you know at the helm over there, we thought. How can we take it to the next level? Yeah. But let's do uh, a beer fest. Very nice. And the Irish American Heritage Center, for those who haven't been there, is a fantastic venue. I do a lot of a lot of things up there. It's at uh, 4626 North Knox Avenue. So that's where the uh, first annual Trotter Project Beer Fest is going to be happening. All right, Trevor. So you guys you guys have a past. You've worked together, uh, you and Derek. And that's, you know, so now you're going to collaborate. How is it? Because the beer community is very tight knit. In the in the years that I've been talking to different brewers, you guys are a tight group. Is it an easy sell to talk to some of these other breweries and say, "Hey, man, uh, we're doing this at Old Irving uh, with the Trotter Project. Do you want to get involved?" 
Yeah, actually, the uh, community is very supportive of one another. We share secrets. We share ingredients. I that mean, seems that seems call... counterproductive. The <laughs> secrets so, part, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Keep the secrets. No, I'm just, yeah, but we we do share a lot uh, in our communities. We even have like a Facebook page where we borrow things from one another constantly. So, <laughs> you know, if I tell them that I've got this amazing thing, an amazing cause happening, um, everyone rallied. Yeah, uh, pretty much everyone I contacted was was in for it unless they were out of town and couldn't couldn't participate. That's very cool. Let's take a quick break. Then I want to find out more. We're going to tell people more more about old irving we're also going to tell them more about the first annual trotter project beer fest you can go to eventbrite.com and then enter trotter project beer fest that's where you can get your tickets they're only 35 bucks that includes tastes of beer from these beer brewers. it includes bites from these fantastic restaurants all the proceeds are going to the trotter project you'll get to see some of the uh, the students who have benefited from the trotter project scholarships as they uh work in conjunction with these uh the restaurateurs it's going to be it's going to be a great thing and it's all at a very very cool facility the irish american heritage center it's next sunday august 11th it starts at 1 30 uh and it runs till five so you know cody and i may have to hit it up before we come to the show which will make for an interesting couple hours after we've been beer festing but uh it's for a great cause so we'll talk more with Derek hall the executive director of the trotter project and trevor rose hamblin master brewer and uh chief cook and bottle washer he's the man at old irving brewery we'll talk more with the guys in just a minute at 720 wgn in some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this little song that is true. Is more to the point. Uh, we could let it roll forever because I'm sure Trevor Rose Hamblin, the master brewer at Old Irving Brewery, knows all the words to that song. <laughs> Derek Hull is also here. He's the ex- executive director of the Trotter Project. The first annual Trotter Project Beer Fest is next Sunday, August 11th at the Irish American Heritage Center. It runs from 1.30 to 5. You get beer tastings from how many breweries are going to be there? Ten total breweries. Ten breweries. You get bites from how many restaurants are going to be there, Derek? About ten or so, yeah. Ten restaurants. It is wonderful. It's only 35 those ticket proceeds go to help the Trotter Project provide scholarships, provide summer camp, provide all sorts of things for young people who want to get into the culinary industry. Uh, you'll see some of the past scholarship winners there who are working with these restaurateurs. It's going to be a great event at the Irish American Heritage Center, 4626 North Knox Avenue. To get tickets, go to eventbrite.com and then put in Trotter Project Beer Fest. You can buy your tickets right there. And you guys, Derek, you had a uh, big stroke of luck. You already you already made a ton of from a contributing sponsor before you even had to pour a beer. Yeah, before I even walk in the door, we, we got a great contribution from our presenting sponsor, Helios Construction, right here in Chicago. Good for them. Thank yep. you, Helios. All right, so Old Irving. How old has Old Irving Brewing been around, Trevor? We're about to celebrate our third anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you very That's much. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, so were you, were you always in the beer business or did you come a lot of brewers come from somewhere else but beer has always been their dream what's your story so i would say i've always been a beer drinker yeah. uh especially because i used to be a chef so okay. in, uh, in my past life uh, where derek and i met at moto restaurant uh i was a chef for a time until we did some cross training then i became front of the house and then eventually the general manager and then uh hamaro Cantu, the chef's kind of right hand man okay right there. so uh that's one of the many reasons that uh the trotter project is so near and dear to my heart right. uh, i would say that definitely this industry has more Molded my whole entire existence and has uh, really perpetuated what I've decided to do for the rest of it. So, and yeah. it's an industry that does allow growth from within, right? It, it, you yeah. know, as you said, you started out in one position and now you've evolved into a totally different kind of guy. That's correct. Yeah. So I've just kind of taken the lessons that I learned from the kitchen and then um, put them into how I run a business and uh, also uh, how I make beer. 
and how do you how does what sets old Irving apart? Because I know, as I mentioned, I've been there. I enjoy it. What what do you guys look for? Do you have one style or one way that you kind of approach things? Well, you know, um, I would say on the business side, it's definitely more of like a modern business idea uh, where we kind of um, try to promote our employees, make them feel good, because without them, you know, uh, right. we we have nothing. So we try to make sure that the employees have everything they need. It's an 8,500-square-foot space. Um, it's kid-friendly, so you'll find some children yeah. playing in the back on the bags, as I'm sure you've seen. Uh, we have a dining space that's kind of separate from the bar area. Uh, we do take food very seriously uh, because of my past and um, and because of my, my history uh, with uh, with Moto and things like that and going to culinary school and all of that. So we have uh, our own uh, bread baker comes in every morning makes all of our bread fresh nice. uh, a lot of my beer i do use some culinary ingredients in some of them but okay. i also have some that have more of a straightforward approach as well so now you brought one in that we're tr- uh, sampling now which one is this this is the- this is a uh, beezer beezer mm-hmm. this is a double dry hop ipa with a uh, citra and mosaic also known as a hazy or a new england ipa okay. and mm. what sets the new england ipas apart from the like the west coast ipa sure a classic west coast style ipa is going to be a lot more bitter you're going to get a lot more like pine and resin and it's usually it's very bitter you know, there's, yeah. not, there's not as much balance and then you've got the east coast ipas uh which we're uh, kind of um, started to uh, kind of help people get into IPAs who maybe weren't IPA fans before. There's less bitterness. We don't boil the hops, which actually contributes to all the bitterness. Okay. And then we also balance it out with a little bit of sweetness. Um, the haze is just kind of secondary. Uh, just happens? It just happens because of the way we do our dry hopping and, and the fact that we use like 40% wheat. And- well, and I, I like, the, I, I'm one of those people, IPA is always too bitter for me, but mm-hmm. the, once start, people start making the dry hopped ones, it cuts it enough where you still get that hoppiness, but it's not overpoweringly bitter. Exactly, and that's what and that's what we want. Yeah. So who else besides Old Irving is this? Is Beezer one of the ones you'll be pouring next Sunday at the beer fest? Uh, absolutely, we'll be pouring Beezer, and then we're actually also doing a uh, special beer the day of uh, with Dark Matter Coffee. Uh, it's going to be a coffee horchata white stout. Uh, so wow. a lot of fun. Um, they actually infuse the hops inside the beer into the coffee beans itself, and so we'll be debuting that. And then uh, we wow. do have, I did bring a few other beers here, a couple yes, others from uh, some friends. I've got uh, the Charlatan from my friends at Maplewood. Okay. Uh, this is more of like an American-style pale ale, uh, but definitely we call it like the Midwest pale ale. It's yeah. like not quite as bitter as a West Coast, but uh, still really beautiful and fragrant. And then uh, friends right down the street from us, uh, this is Twisted Hippo, as you can see why they're twisted. I've Crazy heard can. of Twisted Hippo. It's a yeah. beautiful can. Somebody, cool? somebody actually said, oh, you got to talk to Twisted Hippo. So tell me, tell me their story. So... Uh, Twisted Hippo is uh, a, a, it's a couple, uh, uh, Marilee and Carl Rutherford, um, just amazing people. Uh, they have been uh, very small brewers for a long time. They've been contract brewing, and then they eventually actually got their own standalone uh, brew pub. And uh, this one is actually their farmhouse ale called okay. Old St. Augie's. And uh, there's hippos everywhere when you come <laughs> to their space, very pink and green, and you can actually see the hippo on the yeah, can it's there. Yeah, it's a great can. Um, well, the bees are can- that, that's, I think when, when brewers started going to cans mm-hmm. as opposed to bottles, the art on the labels is phenomenal it doesn't matter you walk up and down the aisle at Benny's or you pick up a, a four pack at your local brewery the art on the labels is terrific yeah we're always trying to outdo one another yeah, so, yeah. Who, it, who can stick out more <laughs> and what was uh what was the third one uh this one is actually another one of ours this is called Della this is a okay. little more approachable this we saw a ton of it at the pub it's a Kolsch style ale okay uh, so crisp and clean and uh, something that you can throw back at a barbecue party and so now we're we're approaching the end of summer when as a master brewer 
you've already I'm get you I know you've already planned out what's coming for the fall and winter. What uh, what changes or what new brews will be coming to Old Irving? So every year we celebrate our third anniversary uh, with an Oktoberfest. Okay, uh, usually on the twenty first or the twenty second uh, for the whole weekend, and uh, we brew up our Oktoberfest. So I get it in the nice. tanks and I get it lagering for a long time. It's a Mertzen, so it's a little bit maltier. So that's a great entry into fall. Yeah, and uh, so we'll be doing that. Um, we're going to be doing some stouts, uh, in the, uh, around Christmas time, I release uh, Krampus cookies, which is a barrel okay. aged stout with vanilla and cocoa nibs. And then I add a bunch of other fun ingredients. I to had it. some of that last year. Oh yeah. yeah. It's uh yeah, it's good. Not for the faint of heart. That's correct. Yeah. You can only <laughs> drink a small amount. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine. You know, yeah. there, you don't have to, you don't have to have a lot of something that that's good. That exactly. Is that good? You can exactly. just you know, so, piece yeah, yourself. Da- yeah. Dark beers are coming. So, <laughs> so you've got, uh, Old Irving is going to be there. Yeah. Uh, Cruz Blanca is going to be there. Our good friends. Yep. Uh, Dark Matter Coffee because they're doing the in collaboration with you for the White Stout. Mm-hmm. And explain explain a White Stout because people think Stout they they go back you know sure. most most people know Guinness yeah. very dark yep. and so a White Stout what. Do, what can they expect? Way, way back when in um, England, actually, uh, stout was any beer that was like over 5%, was considered okay. a stout. So that's the, the original style. Uh, we call it a stout because it has a lot of like the flavor components without having like that roastiness, that chocolate from the dark malts. Okay. Um, so it comes out usually a little bit sweeter, less hoppy, uh, usually adjunct forward. So we'll add, you know, like in ours, it's cinnamon and vanilla and things like that. So you, if you were to close your eyes, you'd might almost think it's an actual stout. Ah. Uh, so that's kind of the idea. It's just Very a cool. different color. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Forbidden Root will be there. Eris Brewing and Cider mm-hmm. House will be there. Haymarket Pub and Brewing. And the aforementioned Twisted Hippo. That's correct. So we're going to have all these wonderful beers to sample. We have to have, Derek, some sort of food to go with that because uh, at some point we have to get on the blue line and leave the Irish American Heritage Center <laughs> after the first annual Trotter Project Beer Fest. Wh- who, what restaurants are going to be there? So that's the great thing. So a lot of these uh, brew pubs that are with us also do food. are doing the food as well. So are you doing food as well? Correct. Yes, we are. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because I know you guys do food. Uh, Cruz Blanca does food. Twisted Hippo. Twisted Hippo A-Market. does food. Oh, okay, yeah. More. So well, everybody's bringing their own. Mm-hmm. And are you... Is it a uh, conscious pairing of the food with the beer? That is yes. correct. So what will you be pairing with uh, with some of your... Or, can, or is it a secret? If it's a, <laughs> it's a listen, secret. <laughs> I don't want to spoil... No spoilers. Yet to be revealed. Uh, right. Yet to be revealed. Yeah, chef's working on it. I was going to say, in other words, you haven't thought of it yet. I, we have. <laughs> we're still in the experimental phase. We got a Ooh. week. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're still trying some stuff out. When, you, when you're doing... In general, without mm-hmm. spoiling... When you're, when you're doing that and you... Let's say... Let's use Beezer as, course, as an yeah. example. Okay, so you're going to be pouring Beezer at the fest. What aspects of Beezer are you looking to bring out in food, or what food are you trying to to see this will complement this aspect of the beer? Usually when I think about pairings, I think about one of two things. One, where does the India Pale come from? Well, it came from the uh, East India Trading Company and the routes between England and then India. So a lot of the food that would have been paired with this hoppier beer would have been Indian, so spices. Also, it's a little bit sweeter, so Mm -hmm. I think some spice to complement that sweetness. Mm -hmm. And then also the uh, there's a little bit of that like citrus appeal that also complements spiciness. So I would probably just venture right there otherwise. Uh, you could also even go with something a little bit lighter, like some kind of salad where you've got some, you know, orange supreme or something like that that can really Ooh. bring out the juiciness. Uh, put some goat cheese on there, and that's going to really stand up to the sweetness of the bees or two and the citrusiness. How much of being a brewer and a chef is also being kind of a mad scientist? A lot of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I, because when I talk to brewers and chefs, the the things that you guys all come up with, the men and women in this industry, it's I'm going to use some, you know, I don't know. 
hibiscus, and I'm going to put it in a beer. Like, what? Yeah, I call it those, turns uh, out great. Yeah, I call those shower thoughts. Okay. Uh, we even named a beer after the shower thoughts. When you're in the shower, I have a, a pen and paper in the shower that's waterproof, oh, and I literally take notes in there because that's when the the ideas come to me. So yeah, give people the address for Old Irving. It's uh, 4419 West Montrose Avenue, okay, Chicago, very- Illinois. Very close to uh, the expressway, very close to public transportation. I think there's a bus stop right out front. Yeah, there's a bus stop, and there's also a right off the Montrose Blue Line stop. Mm-hmm. So uh, check out Old Irving. But you need to check them out next Sunday, next August Sunday, 11th, please. at the first annual Trotter Project Beer Fest. It is going to be a wonderful time. Uh, Derek, did we miss any of the details? It's August 11th. It's one thirty to 5 at the Irish American Heritage Center, 4626 North Knox Avenue. Tickets at eventbrite.com. Uh, search Trotter Project Beer Fest. 35 bucks. You get beer samples. You get food samples. You get to know that you're helping out a wonderful cause that is giving scholarships to young people who want to go into the culinary industry. Maybe one day they will be uh, working alongside Trevor. Maybe they will become uh, master brewers. Or maybe they'll just work somewhere in the restaurant business and have a lovely life and career and then be able to give back to their community. Either way, the Trotter Project is helping people do that. Did we uh, did we cover it all? You covered it all. Tasty all right. fun with a purpose. Thanks. Tasty fun with a purpose. Oh, that's, see, that's I didn't really get good. the tagline. That's really good. <laughs> that's, good. that's oh man. That's why you're the executive director. Tasty <laughs> fun with a purpose, which should be the, also the tagline for this show. Uh, <laughs> so, thank you again to Derek Hall, the executive director of the Trotter Project. Trevor Rose Hamblin is the master brewer and the man at uh, Old Irving Brewing. Uh, you can go to Old Irving Brewing. Uh, what's your website? OldIrvingBrewing.com. That is correct. And uh, go to TrotterProject.org to get all the information on the Trotter Project in general. Eventbrite.com to get tickets to the first annual Trotter Project Beer Fest next Sunday. Don't miss it. If you see Cody and I wandering around, don't uh, don't call our bosses and tell them, hey, they went on the air after they were at a beer fest. That's not going to work out <laughs> uh, very well. But, you know, we've done it before. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you. Thank Good you. luck with thank the you. event. Uh, Derek, I know we will talk again. And uh, Trevor, I know uh, we will be running into each other at various things. So uh, good luck next Sunday. All right, let's do. Uh, let's go to the newsroom because Roger has been standing by. He is all, oh, he's all at Twitter. He's got news that, it, that you need to use. And after this, we will talk, uh, we'll talk some hamburgers and other things. Oh, Roger, it wouldn't be a Sunday night if I didn't uh, get to have a little beer. Thanks again to uh, Derek Hull from the Trotter Project and Trevor Rose Hamblin from Old Irving Brewery. Again, if you want to go to the first annual Trotter Project Beer Fest, it is next Sunday at the Irish American Heritage Center. Uh, Go to eventbrite.com, Trotter Project Beer Fest for tickets. Um, That's a good good price, 35 bucks. You get food and you get beer and... You may get to bump into uh, you know somebody you know, somebody like you, Roger. You know I don't like to go anywhere where I beer know. is served. I know I like you, to drink in the basement in the very dark. Again. <laughs> That's where I drink so I can hide my shame from the world. I like to just sit out there and. Uh, yeah. That's it. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get used to the city living now, you know, now that I'm well, a city right. dweller. Yeah. Uh, I'm as well. Wh- wh- oh, where are you living? I'm in, uh, in Lakeview. Lakeview. Do you like, you came from the suburbs, did you? Curse? Yes. Uh-huh. And now, how do you like being in the city? Uh, well, I have friends down here, so it's nice. Um, it also saves me a lot of time commuting. Yes. Uh 
it's from from where I used to live in Crystal Lake to here is about it's too far. Yeah, about an hour and ten with no traffic. With traffic, it could be over two hours easily. Yeah, and there's never no traffic. There's never yeah, and there's never I don't no know traffic. What's going on in this city? It used to be Roger back in the day. Remember when there were like five cars? Yeah, uh, and you could on the weekends you could just jet around wherever you want. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it took now, you two minutes to go from the north side to the south side. I tell you what, one time I went from Beverly to Edgewood, and it took me seven minutes. But that's now, nothing. That's nothing. But yeah. now, that, that's a completely false story to me. <laughs> uh, but now, I don't know what it is. There's always traffic. Always yeah. traffic. Always. I was going to pick my daughter up at Midway the other night. Uh, her flight got it at 1120. And the traffic was abominable. Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, I'm calling for a ban on half of the drivers. And I'm also calling for a ban on these ride shares. We have to we have to cap them. We have to put a limit on the amount of rideshare cars that can be out there. Just because you have a car doesn't mean you should be a livery service. It's we we have to we have to stop the side hustle. I'm putting a lot of things in play today, Curtis. We're going to scooters, uh, divvy bikes. What about those? Oh, Roger, what is my stance on all of that? Horrible, horrible. Shut them down. Throw them out. uh, Scooters littering the streets. People who don't know how to ride a bike. Uh, I'm all for riding bikes. Mm-hmm. I have a bike. I love to ride my bike. You know where I don't like to ride my bike? Mm-hmm. All over the city, <laughs> on busy streets, weaving in and out of cars with no helmets, on a bike. You know, I'm going to rent a bike from Divi. I haven't been on a bike in seven years. I think I could still ride a bike. You can't ride a bike, you wobbly numbskull. You're, you're, gonna, you're, you're, you're weaving in and out. You don't have any balance. You, bet you were drunk the night before. Now you're hungover trying to get to your job at uh, you know some advertising agency, so you have a messenger bag, and you're, you think you're cool, but you you're just a, a, some sort of bro who now is on a bike <laughs> that doesn't fit him. No, stop. So tell us oh, how you really feel, gone. Brian. I think I just did. Um, <laughs> you know, but right now an angry letter coming from the, all the all the rideshare companies <laughs> and Divi. Uh, I that would be fine. Uh, that, that would be fine, but uh, don't. We can't. We can't, we can't have the okay. It's no, okay. we can't. It's yeah. too many. Too I much. Know. Too much right. on the road. Anyway. Uh, goodness. Calm down. No, Deep breath. Right, hey, no, hey, I, hey, I don't hey, want hey, you to hey, come. Hey, I just hey, want hey. you to make hey, hey, through hey. the rest of the show. I pulled I'm, the cord, Roger. I'm going to make the rest of the show. I'm fine. Everything's fine. We're unplugged. I just get the, I just all right. get all crazy. I had. I know. I, I'm very excited about this news. What? Krispy Kreme is opening in Block 37 in the Pedway. Ooh. Yes. Very excited. Uh, if you if you go to the Pedway, the only downfall, because mm. we can't have good news without bad news. Of course. The universe has to balance itself out. Mm-hmm. Plus, this show doesn't revel in good news. I revel in irritants, <laughs> minor and major irritants, uh, whether real or perceived. Either way, there's an irritant. But this is, this is not really an irritant. So it's going to be in the Pedway. It's going to open in early October. It's going to be a 1,000-square-foot retail shop across from the Starbucks, which is perfect placement because, I'm going to be honest with you, you want a straight-up cup of coffee, Yeah, I'm going to give a straight-up cup, co- cup of coffee edge to Krispy Kreme. Oh, really? You like the Their coffee? Their coffee oh, is phenomenal. Wow, I haven't oh, tried Oh, my it. God. I'm ready to be a 70-year-old man just sitting in a donut shop eating a donut and drinking a cup of coffee for like seven hours. Their coffee is their coffee is good. I did not know that. Trust me, Roger. Listen, we'll go well, have a I cup believe of coffee. You. I believe Why would I lie to you about you coffee? You wouldn't. Uh, I'm going to lie to you about big things. Well, I'm not okay. going to lie to you about coffee. That's, why waste a good lie on a cup of coffee? <laughs> yeah, no. 
I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you straight up about coffee. And then when it comes to something, you know, yeah. like my well-being or your mm-hmm. well-being, I'll tell a lie. Okay, um, I got gotcha. you. Big, <laughs> I'm ready for that? Big, big falsehood coming up. <laughs> so it's going to be there. But here's the drawback: they're not going to be making the donuts there, oh. so there won't be the big red hot donuts now light. Oh. Which is what draws uh, fatties from all over, like mosquitoes. Myself included. Myself. Listen, I caught myself in that too, Curtis. I don't cast aspersions. I don't judge. I see that light. I'm like, I didn't even want a donut. Now I need a dozen. And with give see, me two. That's a problem. Well, usually, like on Fridays, you can buy. A lot of times, they run those promotions. That's true. You buy yeah, a yeah, dozen, yeah. you get another dozen free. That's what I need. A second dozen. Just, Just watch so out like, for Ariana Grande at the Krispy Kreme oh, store. I tell you what, I'd let Ariana Grande lick my Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Uh, you put that in. Send that to Nick. I, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe she's in time. What a, now, we had, a, we had a state rep just listening and calling. What if Ariana's listening? Yeah. And all of a sudden, she heard that, and she's like, I heard you uh, make that offer. Do you have a Krispy Kreme? I'd like to come on in. Uh, that would be terrific. I wouldn't even see her. She's so tiny. She could come right in with a. She could balance the donuts on her head and come lurking in. I just think it was an end table with a ponytail. The go, box wow. of the donuts would be bigger than her. Well... But she'd have to bring a whole box of donuts in, like a couple sure of dozen. Sure, she would. She's not, well, she wouldn't carry them. She doesn't oh, even Oh, that's walk. right. She's got her, her people. people. Her yeah. people. Her yeah. people would carry the donuts. Then three people would carry her. She's like some uh, She's like some, uh, like Cleopatra. <laughs> they carry her around on her chair. Right. This is true. She's true. She doesn't want to walk. Yeah. I'm like, w- come on. The epitome I, of laziness. If you, Are you that much of a diva? I would love to try to pull that someday. I am such a diva, I don't even want to walk. People just go, well, then we'll put carry a bullet me. in your head right here on the curb and leave you to, you know, you lump. Now, carry me. Carry me. <laughs> you know what? You've got one, uh, you know, she, she's talented. I'll give her that. She's talented. Yeah. But nobody's that talented that you can't walk for yourself or that I can't look at you. It's, it's, it's these stars that have people enabling them. Uh-huh. So anyway... So if Ariana Grande wants to come, you know what? She could come over with the Krispy Kremes. After I've eaten a dozen without a shirt, my belly is just like a <laughs> snow globe, just covered in Krispy Kreme uh, frosting specks. And then she could come, she could come and clean that off. You want to lick a donut? Lick that donut. <laughs> wow, oh my God! God so my no. belly would look like the Alps, just snow covered. Just like to, uh, people would be lining up to try to climb my Krispy Kreme coated belly. And then they would, uh, you know, then little Ariana would come in her giant high heels and her big fake ponytail and scurry up there with a, a you know, grappling hook and some carabiners to uh, oh to hold God. on to the side of it. Where's the reset button? There is no reset button. Reset button is up here, buried deep inside the cerebellum. That's where it is. Uh, but the good news is, <laughs> what? Good news. Is, what is he doing? How is, that, how is there more good news? Uh, they're they're going to employ. Uh, they're going to employ a bunch of people. They're going to have about 40 people getting new jobs at the Krispy Kreme. So, uh, well, that is go. good news. It is. 40 yeah. jobs is 40 jobs. I, I got like to that. apply. You want to be a donut, uh, uh, yeah. a donut slinger? Yeah. I would imagine it would be, well, because here's the thing. It's going to be like the, the short time that I worked at Ben and Jerry's when we first moved to California. Mm-hmm. Uh, you love Ben and Jerry's. Right. You love Krispy Kreme. Good ice cream. Right. But then you work there, and you have access to it 24-7. Mm-hmm. Uh, suddenly, it loses its magic. Well, when I worked at the Dairy Queen on Howard Street in Evanston, Ooh. it didn't lose its magic. It didn't? I did it for two summers. No, it it lost its calories in me because I kept well, eating sure. so much, I gained too much weight. 
All right. So I don't, I mean, I loved it, but the scale but didn't, you get, didn't. But didn't you get sick of it? Oh, after gosh, no. Oh, heck no. <laughs> Fast I can forward even to Roger it. coming in before the place opens, just laying on his back, opening up. <laughs> I can't do the twirl in my mouth. <laughs> I got to tell you, there's an item that's not on the menu that was taught to me by the owner. It's called a hand Sunday. You just no, you don't just fill your yep. hand up. You fill it up, not with ice cream, but whipped cream, nuts, a little chocolate sprinkles, and just uh, right into your mouth. That's called What's wrong with a us? serious, serious problem. <laughs> That's called, oh, my God, you need intervention. I know, I did. That is just it was horrible. I, just, I would uh, eat uh, so much well, food there. But you know what? You're not you're not wasting the cups because those are counted. No, I know. And you're not wasting the cones because those are counted. That's why you just, right. I'm going to take a shot of chocolate syrup, and then I'm going to dip parts of my body in that magic shell. They weren't supposed to be dipped. You want a chocolate coated? No. What are you doing? Get back. How about butterscotch? You like butterscotch better? No, you freak. Put that away. I've got to, uh, no, you cannot magic coat any part of your body. Now, could you could you make a hand sundae out of that? Just take your big scary mitt and dip it in that uh, shell, then bring out your. Uh... No, we wouldn't do that. No. All right. No, no, because that's that's stuff that is served to the public. You don't do that. Well, not on. You know, you don't tell them in public. But what are they going to know? <laughs> dip it in. When your back is turned, who sure. knows? <laughs> Yikes. Oh, my goodness. So, all right, well, if you see Roger at Krispy Kreme, stay away from the frosting. Because he's going to be... The good news is you yes. won't be working at one where they actually make it. Because yeah. that, then the temptation will be <laughs> to get much. on the conveyor belt and go under the shower of glaze yep. and just lay there and get come out all glazed like you're some sort of chocolate mummy. And then, you know, then they have to bury you because you've had some sort of diabetic uh, reaction and you're completely dead, uh, oh as opposed gosh. to only partially dead. Who says completely dead? You're completely dead. Oh, no. It's like in uh, Princess Bride. He's just mostly dead. Right. No, you'd be completely dead if you went through the Shower of Glaze. Shower of Glaze is the name of my next album. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, it's, oh, wow. Man, it's going to be exciting. Very, very exciting Shower of Glaze. It was also, I think they also performed at Lala. Really? Yeah. They're, I think they're on the backstage. Yeah, they're, right. What instrument did you play in, in, in Shower of Glaze? Yeah. I was the road manager. I have no oh, the road talent. Eight. Yeah, not the roadie, the oh, road manager. Oh, okay, manager. Yeah, okay. so I lined up the venues, that kind of stuff. I didn't... Uh, <laughs> he set up the gigs. Yeah. Didn't was, play the know. electric triangle or anything? No, like God forbid. I don't, uh, I don't dabble. <laughs> More Listen, cowbell. all those musicians are on uh, hemp. They're all, they're all smoking. Oh, yeah, they're all, they're all the hippies. <laughs> really? Yeah, That's the right. hep cats are uh, doing heroin. A little patchouli in the background. Yeah, I can't the do, no. aroma of patchouli. Yeah. No, I'm just the <laughs> I'm just the guy in the uh, the bad shirt with the big cigar going, you want my boys to play here? <laughs> It's going to cost you this much. So what am I, Colonel Tom, after being dipped in glaze? How did this happen? What what happened here? I don't oh know. Oh, my gosh. I started out as a feel-good story. Yeah, it about was. Crispy it cream still open. is? It, sure it is. But, um, you know, oh I, now gosh. I can't stop thinking about that curtain of glaze that comes out. Have you ever seen that curtain? Oh, Has yeah. Ever been oh, Krispy yeah. Cream? Oh, there is nothing more satisfying and repulsive at the same time. <laughs> oh, I think it's all satisfying. It just, it, <laughs> right, but then you think of just how... Because uh, those Krispy Kremes are gone in like two bites. And they, you, it's all air. You can't eat just one. That's the problem. I, I shouldn't say this because my wife doesn't know. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. A couple weeks ago, I was driving by <laughs> no. a Krispy Kreme and I went in. Uh, I know, I gave in. I was, uh, I'm weak. I'm a weak man. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I just... The, the light was on. 
And I was like, I'm getting, I'm getting myself a couple donuts. Because you can't just get one. So you got, always got to get a couple. Then you get the big cup of coffee. Because to cut the sweetness, it's, it's, almost like, it's almost like I would imagine after watching this series Dope on Netflix, and they cut the, they cut the drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I cut the sweetness of the Krispy Kreme with a nice cup of coffee. That way, that way, it's like my weird dietary speedball. I get all jacked up with the sugar, and then I take a hit of coffee, and it levels me out. I got you. Yeah, Wait, and then the I'm behind. Decaf? No, whole calf. Oh, whole okay. calf. Got it. All right. Because the sugar, the sugar from there gets me jacked, and then I take the caffeine, yeah. and that gets me way jacked. But at least the sweetness in my mouth has been cut by the coffee. Got it. Okay. So I'm getting a double, a double jolt. Because the sugar jolt wears off pretty quick. It's the uh, the caffeine jolt that Just I need to inject it right into your veins. Oh, man. Then I'm out behind a dumpster begging people for money. <laughs> you know, i got to get another fix. Oh, no. What are you on? Coke? Heroin? Krispy Kreme, some, man. Some guy walks by. Is that a glazed? You got there, man. Anybody got a glaze? Can you hook a brother up? Fix me? Uh, I need a fix. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll stay on food. We'll stay on food. We're going to tell you the uh, favorite... Fast food hamburger. Think of your own. We will vote. We'll have a uh, we'll have a little uh, conversation, and then Karen Conti will come in, and then we'll go home. And who knows what's going to happen on that ride? But we will all figure it all out after this. WGN. Yes, it is. I heard. I I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing it'd be good to be king. It's good to be the jester too. Sometimes. Because you get to get away with all kinds of stuff and just go, hey, it's my job. I'm just being a goof. Uh, do you have a favorite fast food hamburger, Curtis? You seem like a guy who um, might enjoy a burger, and that's not oh, judgment. It's I just, always, I'm, no, I a always, guy, I'm the same. I am a big burger guy. If I had to pick. You do. That's why I asked you. You have to pick. If I had to pick, I could go with, uh, I could probably go with a good uh, a Shake Shack. Ooh, all right. Shake Shack burger or... Uh, if that doesn't count, which I don't know why it wouldn't, but uh, well, it does. five it's guys. Just not on this, uh, it's just not on this this survey. Five Guys is on five this guys, survey. I would like. Yeah. And I will I will go with you out of all the fast food burgers. Five Guys would be my favorite. Roger Badish, I pose to you the same question. Uh, I've got two favorites. Oh, how can you have two favorites? Well, because they're both excellent. Well, one is a favorite and the other is... is all right, t- tell if, me both. So, Meatheads. Okay. Uh, been, oh, wait, I've been to Meatheads once. It was good. Yeah. And uh, Burger Fi, F-I. Well, I don't even... That's, there are very few in the area, I was gonna but say, they're adding more and more. So, But it's an excellent burger. Huh. It, All right. it, very well, good. That one, I've ne- one, I've never heard of it. Two, okay. it must be too small because it didn't make this big survey. Uh, Market Force Information did a survey of 7,600 Americans, which is no Americans, really. That's, <laughs> Not that's enough. Like, no, it's like me asking two people and saying, Chicago likes this. But it gives you a, a general kind of uh, go with the flow. Now, here's the thing. We'll start it. We'll start at like number eleven. We'll start at the worst. McDonald's was uh, the worst. They were the worst for uh, customer satisfaction. They were the uh, said um, the line was the longest. They said the staff wasn't was inattentive and rude. So unfortunately, McDonald's uh, came in last. Out of all of this, they had twenty-eight uh, percent said McDonald's was their favorite hamburger. I say they always get my order wrong. My order from there—that's that was one of the criteria for this whole survey too—is mm-hmm. getting orders wrong. And the one thing, the, the thing that always bothers me about McDonald's, and I every once in a while 
every few months, I get a hankering for a Big Mac. There's just something. I don't know why all of a sudden my mouth starts to, to water, and I'm like, I, mm, I got I to gotta get that Big Mac. But the fries are always cold. Always. Oh, see, mine are always hot. Like, see, super hot. That's what I want. And somebody said, well, what you got to do, here's the, here's the life hack. <laughs> Is that what the kids say, Curtis? The life yeah, hack? Yeah, the life hack. Yeah, order them without salt, and they have to make them fresh. I'm like, yeah, but that, I want my fries to have salt. Yeah. Because my blood pressure isn't high enough. I need to jack that up. So, you know, a little more salt is going to do it. Anyway, McDonald's came in last. First, the favorite hamburger chain, fast food hamburger chain, according to this study, In-N-Out Burger. I've now, never had it. I lived in Los Angeles for a number of years. I've had In-N-Out Burger quite a few times. I think part of the allure of In-N-Out Burger is that you can't get it everywhere. That's why people rate it it's so exclusive. high. Yes. Now, it's not a bad burger. It's a fine burger, and they do the fresh-cut fries, and, and the fries are good, and, you know, they've built this mystique of having a menu that's not on the menu, this mm-hmm. super secret, oh, you could get cannibal-style or carnivore-style or veggie-style, whatever. It was okay. But when I lived in L.A., I preferred Fat Burger over In-N-Out Burger. And I know that's, that's going to make people crazy. Oh, how could you say that? Well, I said it, and I stand by it. So... In and out was number one. Number two was the one Curtis and I both voted for. Five Guys. Five Guys makes a fine burger. Then you go into who was number three? Number three was Culver's, the butter burger. Culver's is good too. Culver's Culver's does a lot of things good. Mm-hmm. Their pork tenderloin sandwich is a fine sandwich. Reuben sandwich. Oh man, look at us. The custard. Yeah, I'm getting hungry. Roger, uh, call out. Get something delivered. Oh sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get right on there. Yeah, run out to Culver's. Yeah. Uh, number three was Culver's. Number four. Now, number four is another regional restaurant. Whataburger. You ever been to a Whataburger? I have not. They're down. They're down in like Texas, New Mexico, uh, Nevada. That that area. Mm-hmm. And I will say, Whataburger makes a pretty good burger. All right. A lot of their stuff, uh, especially when you're in New Mexico, comes with green chilies on it. Uh, one of you know, and that's that's a fine addition to a burger. They're big. The the Whataburger would remind you somewhat of a Whopper, only a little better quality. Okay, just a little bit. And, and so, so I'm down with Whataburger. That's that's a fine that's a fine burger. Then you go to number five was uh, number five. Where's my numbers? I didn't even write Smash Burger. Never heard of it. It's I've seen them around. I haven't been to a Smash Burger. It's kind of like Meatheads, I think, where they're making the burgers fresh right there, so that's that. Then you go to... Uh, now, see, Red Robin, to me, doesn't qualify as fast food. Because you got to yeah, go in, you, you got to sit, sit down, down you got to yeah. tip a waitress. That's not... Uh, no, that's not fast food. But then it's Red Robin, uh, Steak and Shake. Again, not really fast food. Well, Steak and Shake is pretty fast for fast... Well, it's fast, but you still got to go in and sit down. Yeah, but I mean, you could get in and out of there in 10 minutes if there's nobody there. Well, listen, I don't know how you eat. I like to chew my food. I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan of what, I'm a fan of what the doctors like to call digestion, Curtis. I'm not a vacuum. I'm I'm a fan of digestion too. I like to too. use my mandibles. I like to chew it up. 